Snuffy, cold chill up your spine. Go get your ass moving somewhere burning daylight. Howdy there, I'm Matt McKinley, and we're burning daylight. Welcome to Burning Daylight, the only podcast for the working cowboy. Well, welcome back, Daylight Burners. This is an emergency episode. (laughs) Never before in the history of our country have we had such a weird thing happen. We, we, We have a former president being indicted on four counts by the federal government and conspiracy to defraud the United States. Conspiracy to obstruct an official proceeding. Obstruction of and attempt to obstruct an official proceeding. And conspiracy against rights are the four counts. Conspiracy against rights? Yeah. Like, what kind of rights? I I don't know. This is uh, I, I thought the rights were his people. So, um, but this is in the United States District Court uh, for the District of Columbia, United States of America versus Donald J. Trump. Uh, the grand jury charges that at all times material to this indictment on or about the dates and the approximate times stated below. Um. The defendant, Donald J. Trump, was the 45th president of the United States and a candidate for re-election in 2020. I, I hold on before we go before we go <laughs> any further. I, 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 uh, what song pops into your head when 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 you're talking about a such a momentous occurrence of bullshit that we have going on right now? What like what song? Yeah. Like, do you got oh, any I can't think of any songs those... right now? Because Matt Wilson's "Burning Daylight" songs in my head now. Oh, okay. I can't think um, of anything. But like, Why, what do you got? Ten soldiers and Nixon oh. coming. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. But it like in a it's so much gayer than Kent State. It's <laughs> like <laughs> I'll think of yeah. No, it's really okay. Keep going. What what just I don't know what what song you you can you, you got nothing? No, I got nothing right now. Well, I'll think about okay. it. You keep going. I'll okay, well I because okay. our mind might change before we reach the end I of know. this this deal. So yeah, but my initial what... is uh yeah the what what is the name of that song? Ohio. Mm-hmm. Found her dead on the ground. How would you run? Is that it's, was, uh, 
Simon and Garfunkel, isn't it? No. It's uh, Neil, it Neil Young. Young. Yeah. Neil Young. Oh, yeah. I, I'd play it on Spotify, but he pulled his music because he did? Joe Rogan took horse paste, remember? Oh, that's really dumb. Yeah, it was really dumb. I think it's still on there, though. I, I, I don't know. It's weird. Anyway, introduction to this indictment. <laughs> the defendant, Donald J. Trump, was the 45th president of the United States and a candidate for re-election in 2020. The defendant lost the 2020 presidential election. They show no proof of that. Um, <laughs> two, yeah, despite having lost, the defendant was determined to remain in power. So for more than two months following Election Day on November 3rd, 2020, uh, the defendant spread lies that there had been outcome determinative fraud lies in the election. according to whom? I think that's very subjective. Right. Um, outcome de determinative fraud in the election and that he had actually won. These claims were false and the defendant knew they were false. But the defendant repeated, repeated and widely disseminated, disseminated them anyway, um, making his. Has the defendant false... ever been recorded, uh, secretly recorded, saying, "I know they were false, but I just did it for the fun"? Um, not that I'm aware of. So then, how do they? How can they say he knew it was false? Like, how do they do that? Um. See, I don't, I don't know. Um, um, the de three, the, I don't know if we disseminated them anyway, to make his knowingly false claims appear legitimate, create an intense national atmosphere of mistrust and anger, and erode public faith in the administration of the election. Um, it's on the, it's on the Spotify. Okay. Which one? Uh, Neil Young? Yeah. Yeah. Weird. Apparently. I don't know. Neil, Neil Young. Uh, maybe maybe it's someone. I think it's him. It says it's Neil Young. Huh. Maybe not. He, maybe it's He probably else. does. I think he sold his catalog anyways. So, like, he doesn't even own it. Okay. It's just, <laughs> it's just his name on it anymore. Maybe. Um, three, the defendant had a right, like every American, to speak publicly about the election and even to uh, claim falsely that there had been outcome determinative fraud during the election and that he had won. He was also entitled to formally challenge. Are the you going to put it on the screen so I can read it too? Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, there we go. Um, so, oh, that's. Um, conspiracy okay. to obstruct an official proceeding. Yeah. Come on. Um, they can't, how can they even. Oh, <sighs> uh, wow. Uh, the defendant had a right, like every American, to speak publicly about the election. Da, da, da. Um, he was also entitled to formally challenge the results of the election. Through lawful and appropriate means. Um, okay. Such as seeking recounts or audits of the popular vote through uh, in states or filing lawsuits challenging ballots and procedures. 
Oh, through lawful and appropriate means, such as seeking recounts or audits of the popular votes in states of uh, Indeed, many cases the defendant did pursue the methods of contesting the election results. His okay. efforts to change the outcome in any state through recounts, audits, or legal challenges were uniformly unsuccessful. Okay. Um, that part's true. Um, yeah, he didn't win anything on, on on that. No. As far as that goes. Um for shortly after election day, the defendant also pursued unlawful means of dis, uh, discounting legitimate votes and subverting the election results. In doing so, the defendant uh, perpetuated three criminal conspiracies. A. Uh, wait, hold on, let's see. He pursued unlaw also pursued unlawful means. So of discounting legitimate votes and subverting the election results. How did he do that? Unlawful. Yeah. What were the unlawful? Oh. Okay. Yeah. So this is the first time they're 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 uh, alleging unlawful means. All right. So, uh, uh, in doing so, the defendant perpetuated three criminal conspiracies: a, a conspiracy to defraud the United States by using dishonesty, fraud, and deceit <laughs> <laughs> to to impair, obstruct, and defeat the lawful federal government function. By which the results oh. of the presidential elections are collected, counted, and certified by the federal government in violation of 18 U.S.C. Uh, 371. Um, Can you believe that? Dishonesty. Uh, a, con a conspiracy to defraud the United States by using dishonesty, fraud, and deceit. Well, deceit... Is not in and of itself uh, a crime. Dishonesty is not in and of itself a crime. Well, fraud is. Fraud. Fraud is a, a clearly defined crime, anyways. Uh, dishonesty <laughs> is. Yeah, that's that's a character trait, not that's not a, a right, not a legal uh, definition. Uh, deceit also. I mean, that may have more more of a concrete legal definition, but. Uh, dishonesty does not like that. That's like that's a character trait. Um, right. anyway, um, to impair, obstruct, and defeat the lawful federal government function by which the results of the presidential election are collected, counted, and certified by the federal government. Um, okay. See, I, yeah, I don't know. We got to see. And so the second one, B, a, conspir a conspiracy to corruptly obs obstruct and impede the January 6th congressional proceeding at which the collected results of the presidential election are counted and certified, uh, a.k.a. the certification proceeding in violation of 18 U.S.C. Uh, 151 uh 1512k and c all right conspiracy so what are those? 18 uh, usc 371 all right um and then c is a conspiracy against the right to vote and have one's vote counted in violation of 18 usc 241 18 U.S.C. 371 is a conspiracy to commit offense or to defraud the United States. 
Hmm. All right. So there's one thing I've noticed um, so far is there. There's no. There's no mention of insurrection. So the. Well, let's see, because 18 U.S.C. 1512K is tampering with a witness, victim, or an informant. Mm-hmm. And then maybe 18 U.S.C. 241 is, let's see, 241. Unlawful for two or more persons to agree to injure, threaten, or intimidate a person in the United States in the free exercise or enjoyment of any right or privilege secured by the Constitution or laws of the United States, or because of his or her having exercised such a right. Conspiracy mm. against the rights. That's one you read. Yeah. So, uh, repeat that one again. 18 U.S.C. 241, conspiracy against rights. When two or more persons agree to injure, threaten, or intimidate a person in the United States in the free exercise or enjoyment of any right or privilege secured by the Constitution or laws of the United States, or because of his or her having exercised such a right. Hmm. Well, we'll see what they have to say as far as right. evidence goes. Right. Present the evidence. Because, uh, um, I don't know, but this one's still like, there's no, there's no reference to having, um, uh, incited an insurrection. So, um, and that's the one that would cause him to be disqualified from running from, for office under the, I think it's like the 14th amendment. Is it is oh. it that or is it just any of them? Well, no, because uh, like there's no there's no qualification um, that a felon can't be president, president of the United States or can't run. Yeah, the only the only provision was uh, it was one of the Reconstruction amendments, and I think it's the Fourteenth Amendment that you know like. Um, having been part of an insurrection against the United States of America, oh. uh, you're no longer to, able to hold public office. Okay. And, and so, but that would mean they would have to prove an insurrection or some uh, of some sort. Well, and going. but that that's not mentioned in the charges. So so. Well, is that all of them right there? Just those three? Yeah. Um. Well, those are the. The three criminal conspiracies and let's see, conspiracy to the conspiracy to obstruct an official proceeding, obstruction of an attempt to uh, obstruct official proceeding, and conspiracy against rights. So no, there's there's nothing about an insurrection in there. Well, so, why don't you go control F and look for the word insurrection? Um. These claims were false, and the defendant knew they were false. I mean, um, not seeing insurrection. Uh, riots. 
Um, hold on. Let me. I, I'm gonna go full boomer mode here and like, say I, I don't know um, <laughs> if I did that right. <laughs> uh. Insurrection. You know how to spell that? It's two R's, isn't it? <laughs> um, no results found for insurrection. Mm. Okay. All right. Well, All right. keep going. It's forty-five pages, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's a uh, we got a bunch to go still. All right. Um, what, else? what else they got? Keep going. Each of these conspiracies, which built upon the widespread mistrust <laughs> the defendant was creating through pervasive and destabilizing lies about the election. Ah, fraud. I don't think any of them are lies. I I think every election is. Yeah. Um, <sighs> targeted a bedrock function of the United States federal government. The nation's process of collection, uh, collecting, counting, and certifying the results of the presidential elections, the federal government function. Um, that's not the federal government's charge, though, is uh, like the states control the elections. The, the federal government is there to count what the states have provided. Right. Like. And uh, well, the <laughs> the federal government is there to certify. Mm -hmm. What are you drinking? Uh, Coors Light. Where's... Um, <laughs> let's see. All right, so uh, targeted a bedrock function of the United States government, oh, the nation's process of collecting, counting, and certifying. Um, the results of the presidential election. Okay, well, hmm. Well, as it was, how many senators were like, no? There, there was a handful, and there was a handful in the House too, and and they did the same thing when Trump was elected in 2016, except they were Democrats that that uh, right? That I why what they uh. What do they call that when they right when they stand up and object. they object? They when yeah, yeah, there was a whole bunch of Democrats that objected in 2016 or I guess right. 2017 when they were when they were certifying. And right. uh, I, I, I don't know that that like that whole thing. Um, well, all right, so before we, we got a bunch to go through, so uh, count one. Conspiracy to defraud the United States. <laughs> Come on. The Ugh. allegations contained in paragraphs one through four of this indictment are realleged and fully incorporated here by reference. Okay. Uh, the conspiracy from on or about November 14th, 2020 through on or about January 20th, 2021 in the District of Columbia and elsewhere, the defendant, Donald J. Trump, did knowingly combine, conspire, confederate, and agree with co-conspirators, known uh -huh. and unknown to the grand jury, to defraud the United States <laughs> by using dishonesty, which once again is not a crime, like um, fraud and deceit to impair, obstruct, and defeat the, the lawful federal government function by which the results of 
the presidential election are collected, counted, and certified by the federal government. I think the fact that the that says known and unknown to the grand jury is making a conspiracy theory in itself. Right. <laughs> There's just so there, much we don't even know. There is this, even this is just what we know, guys. Any of you. This is what we. This is just what we know. It could be, and, and there's stuff we don't know. There and could be it, Russian aliens, alien Russians behind yeah. this. We don't, we don't even know. Russians are aliens. What are you talking about? No, no, but like alien aliens, but yeah, they're but, also Russian. But if they're not from here, they're aliens. It doesn't matter. You're not allowed to use that word anymore. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. Rude. Don't tell me what to do, woman. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> known and unknown to the grand jury to defraud the United States by using uh, dishonesty, fraud, and deceit. I I need to. Like, I, I want Rob, but, I want the uh, proof where he's like, okay, this is dishonest, but we're gonna use it. Right. I I just is, I want to like I need to I need to know Rob's legal interpretation of like is dishonesty actually a crime? Because that well, doesn't seem. Well, where is Rob? Uh, he's in Arizona. Um, well, it's been like 182 degrees there today. Why is he? I know, I know. He he made a Rob made an Auschwitz joke about Phoenix. Oh my gosh! I know, I know. It was uh, it was wild. Let's see. Is dishonesty a crime? Okay, you look that up. And uh, okay, purpose of the you. conspiracy, uh, seven. The purpose is of the conspiracy is sin. That's different. <laughs> was to overturn the legitimate results of the 2020 presidential elections by knowingly false claims of election fraud, to obstruct the federal government function by which those results are collected, counted, and certified. Uh, the defendant's co-conspirators. Uh, co-conspirators. Uh, the defendant enlisted co-conspirators well, who are to assist. Co-conspirators? Huh? Who are the co-conspirators? They're the ones that are unknown to us. Unknown well, to the jury. We're about to we're about to meet them. The they defendant are enlisted co-conspirators to assist him. With the matter. <laughs> yes, exactly. Familiar with the matter. You want to hear uh, the, about dishonesty? Yes. Crimes Before of we dishonesty. Crimes of dishonesty may not put anyone's life at risk like violent crimes do, but they are still serious offenses that can be penalized with harsh and even life-changing penalties. Dishonesty offenses can occur in many different circumstances, however, usually involve property or money. The most common dishonesty offenses are stealing and fraud. Dishonesty offenses range Mm. in severity. The penalty likely to be imposed on you is dependent on your charge and your particular circumstances. Crime means a misdemeanor or a felony. Hold on. A crime of dishonesty means any offense defined as a... And then that's where it stops, so that's not helpful. Huh. Okay, well... All right, so I retract my previous statement saying that dishonesty is not a crime. Uh, apparently, it is a crime as well as a character trait. But Okay, here's this. Dishonesty or fraudulent act, they seem to go together. Dishonesty okay. or fraud. Um, any dishonest or fraudulent act, including larceny and embezzlement, as defined by 
blah, 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 to cause the insured to sustain a loss, to obtain financial benefit for the perpetrator or any other person. Um, a dishonest or fraudulent act does not mean or include a reckless act, a negligent act, or a grossly negligent act. Hmm. So. Interesting, because. Yeah. There is a lot of stuff that the government <laughs> has done. Right. Uh, like, like from, <laughs> right. from top to bottom of uh, government employees, whether they be elected or not, that okay. could constitute a crime of dishonesty that has not been prosecuted yeah, early at exactly. all. And, and then most of the time, just kind of like written off. Um, well, I mean, okay, here is this. Oh, well, this is Scottish law, so I don't know if this helps. But every type of dishonesty charge likely to come before, well, this is Scottish. Uh, dishonesty is theft, embezzlement, fraud, benefit fraud, money laundering, bribery, cor corruption, extortion. Proceeds from crime, online crime, intellectual property crime, online copyright infringement, tax mm. evasion, and white collar crime. So, like being a politician. <laughs> I know, basically. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Okay. Ah, uh, well. That's okay, so the the defendant <laughs> enlisted co-conspirators to assist him in his criminal efforts to overturn the legitimate results of the 2020 election and retain power. Among these were A, co-conspirator one, an attorney who was willingly, <laughs> who was willing to spread knowingly oh, false claims Giuliani? and pursue strategies that the defendant's 2020 re-election campaign attorneys would not. I want, it's, it's gotta be Rudy or Sidney Powell. That lady. Well, or then, or uh, Lynn Wood, two. that that one too. Um, or co-conspirator two, an attorney, an attorney who devised and attempted to implement a strategy to leverage the vice president's ceremonial role, overseeing the certification, uh, proceeding to obstruct the certification of the presidential election. That that's got to be Rudy. So, uh, I I bet co-conspirator one is probably Sidney Powell. Maybe okay, well, Lynn there's Wood. another one down there. Yeah, and then co Oh, there's... There's a bunch. Oh, there's a bunch. Yeah, all right. So <laughs> co-conspirator three, an attorney whose unfounded claims of election unfounded. fraud... That makes me the, so mad. <laughs> I know. Uh, <coughs> the defendant <coughs> privately acknowledged to others the sounded crazy. Nonetheless, <laughs> the, the defendant embraced and publicly amplified co-conspirator three's uh, disinformation. Uh, um, who is that one? Uh, yeah, I, I am not sure. Uh, Co-conspirator four, a Justice Department official who worked on civil matters and who, with the defendant, attempted to use the Justice Department to open sham election crime sham. investigations and influence state legislatures with knowingly false claims of election fraud. Hmm. Knowingly false. Come on. <coughs> what are you choking on? Are you allergic to something? You're Maybe. <clears throat> I'm allergic to co-conspirators. No, you're allergic to whatever. <laughs> <laughs> 
co-conspirator five, uh, an attorney who assisted in devising and, and attempting to implement a plan to submit fraudulent states of presidential electors <laughs> to obstruct the certification proceeding. What? Who did that? I'm not sure. That's um, the first I've heard of it. And co-conspirator six, a political consultant who helped implement a plan to submit fraudulent states, block slates. fraudulent slates of presidential electors to obstruct the certification proceeding. Um, Good. Now it's going to give you a little history lesson. Yeah, history lesson here, folks. Federal government function. Uh, the federal government function by which the results of the pre election for president of the United States are collected, counted, and certified uh, was established through the Constitution and Electoral Count Act, a federal law enacted in 1887. The Constitution provided that individuals called electors select the president and that each state determine uh, for itself how to appoint electors apportioned to it. Through state laws, each of the 50 states and the District of Columbia chose to select their electors based on the popular vote in the state. After Election Day, the ECA required each state to formally determine or ascertain the electors who would represent the state's voters by casting electoral votes on behalf of the candidate who had won the popular vote okay. and required blah, the blah, executive blah. We know of each this. state to certify the federal government the identities of those electors. Uh, right. Then, uh, blah, 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 on the date set by UCA, right. the stand, yeah, all right, required to meet. Oh, they cast a vote. Uh, so that all culminates to <laughs> January sixth, <clears throat> um, along with the state executive certification that they were the state's legitimate electors to the United States Congress to be accounted and certified in an official proceeding. Finally, the Constitution and the ECA required that the sixth of January, following election day, Congress met meet in a joint session for the certification proceeding presided over the vibe uh by the vice president of the united states uh as of the senate right. as president of the senate to count the electoral votes resolve any objections and announce the results thus certifying the winner of the presidential election as president-elect right. federal government functions blah 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 is foundational to the united states it's been process. it's been respected for over a hundred in 30 years this is the first yeah. time anybody even knew that they could object right um manners and means the defendant's conspiracy to impair obstruct and defeat the federal government function through dishonesty fraud and deceit included the following manner and means oh, that's a bunch here um okay the defendant and co-conspirators use knowingly false claims of election fraud to get state legislators and election officials to subvert the legitimate election results and change the electoral votes for the defendant's opponent okay um that one all right so they they use knowingly false claims of election fraud to get state legislators and election officials to subvert the legitimate election results how yeah when now did the state legislatures raise alarm or did they like take it upon themselves and also like the federal government cannot weigh in on state law right but like it's that, something that they tried to change the law well no either way even if they so let's say that the state legislator um 
you know, was a, uh, you know, one of the illegitimate electors or something like that. You know, the, <laughs> that's, that's not a federal crime. That would be a crime under state law, which the feds have no jurisdiction. It might so, be, you might need to look that up. It might be if it, if it's a federal election. No, because the, the feds have no, <clears throat> and especially since the, the Supreme court struck down a big chunk of, uh, the, like the voter, uh, you know, it was like part of the civil rights act, like the voting, uh, the voter right act or something like that, that, uh -huh. that put a bunch of the Southern states under like particular scrutiny by the federal government. Like yeah. the, the Supreme court kind of did away with that. So like, it's pretty well established that, that like the feds don't have much say over over the elections like all all the feds do is certify what the states give to them okay well because <laughs> because in the constitution it leaves it up to the states to decide how how to do it yeah like the the constitution the federally it's like hey general elections on this day inaugurations on, on here and here and there but right. the rest of it goes back to the states so if it was a state legislator or, or or whatever that they tried to change the law within the state that's not under the the department of justice's purview like that's that's under state purview not not federal okay so what is this the defendant pushed officials in certain states to ignore the popular vote disenfranchise millions of voters, dismiss legitimate electors, and ultimately cause the ascertainment of and voting by illegitimate illegitimate electors. How come they had to get illegitimate electors? Why didn't they just get those people in the first place? Like how did they how did they get illegitimate electors? See, I don't I don't know. I, I Because really... every state has their electors. They mm -hmm. do their whatever, their convention. Yeah. And then those people are the people who are selected. So when they just, I, I don't understand if you were selected and you were an, an elector, then don't you think you would know when the day and time of your plane ticket to go to DC would be? Well, that's not the issue is like they had their slate of electors. Mm -hmm. um, and that, and those were chosen by whoever they were supposed to be chosen by. Right. But they didn't go along with um, with Trump and, and and like refusing to vote for Joe Biden. And like they they wanted essentially they wanted to throw like they wanted just a handful of electors to throw it to where nobody had a majority and it would go back to uh, the House of Representatives to elect the, the president. How that's, how, that's how it would work is if if you don't have a clear majority of uh <coughs> of uh in in the electoral college right then then it, it it kicks it down to the the house of representatives and then they cast ballots i think by state yeah and uh well i'm looking then at the that's Look, I'm looking at the next one. B, the defendant and co-conspirators organized fraudulent slates of electors in seven targeted states. How? Like, how come they waited 
how did they not have those people ready in the first place? Right. Uh, and th- so those states were Arizona, Georgia, Michigan, Nevada, New Mexico, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. Um, attempting to mimic the procedures and then the le- legitimate electors that- are supposed to follow. Oh, that that the uh, legitimate electors yeah. are supposed to follow under the Constitution. So they had uh, two two electoral meetings going on one legit one and then one hey you guys are the fake ones um yeah but so like gonna... they, they had they had uh the slate of electors that were chosen before the election you know i think why, all didn't, that's... They, why didn't they just choose them in the first place like why um, weren't they organized enough to be there before uh because they're republicans <laughs> and uh they have no ground game anywhere really um this included causing the fraudulent electors to meet on the day appointed by federal law on which legitimate electors were to gather and cast their votes cast fraudulent votes for the defendant and signs so they just showed up earlier than the real voters so then they were the voters they were the electors i mean like whoever gets there first is the elector right um like uh possession is nine-tenths of the law right yeah i mean (laughs) Some fraudulent electors were tricked into participating based on the understanding that their votes would be used only if the defendant succeeded in outcome determinative lawsuits within their state, which the defendant never did. What? Huh. Uh, so they they got people on board by saying, hey, cast your votes, and these are only going to be uh, counted if Trump wins a lawsuit in this state. So. And he he had lawsuits in Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan, Nevada, Arizona, and uh, New yeah, New Mexico, and and so they're like, okay, well, because I, I I'm guessing they're saying like, well, I don't want to break the law, but he's like, no, this is only gonna happen if if the court reverses this decision or, or, or sides on my my behalf here. So I guess that's where the the dishonesty part would would come into play. That doesn't um, make any sense. Um, no. It, How did these people even get involved? How did they find these electors? They never called me. Did they call you? No. Well, no. no but I I can't remember if I was I was probably registered libertarian, so they weren't going to call me anyways. But um, and and um. And also, like all my social media was shut down for the most part, so only only if you followed me did you, did you know about me. And I don't guess any of the the Trump team uh, followed me. So yeah, but who were they picking? Just random Republicans? Um, and be like, hey, you're the elector. No, you have to go. You have to go uh, to random the- in the sense that they they just followed whatever uh, Trump's legal because. Honestly, I don't think Trump had much of a plan. He was just like, I, I'm calling bullshit. I think I won. Um, and he just kind of jumped on to whatever conspiracy there was. I mean, there was there was the Dominion voting machines, which right. I, uh, I do think warranted uh, an audit because there was one race in Michigan that they they got wrong. Like it ended up being tallied wrong and they it, it ended up flipping the other way. 
uh, initially called the race for a Democrat. And then um, when when they retabulated, it was it was Republican, but they did catch it. But still, I thought that that alone should have warranted a recount, at least in I think it was in Michigan or, or, or an audit of those machines. But that being said, uh, Dominion just sued Fox News and uh, settled right. for like seven hundred and fifty million dollars. Yeah. And Fox News admitted guilt on that. Right. And, and so right. you're like, um, so the so Dominion help. thing was bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> because but Fox of, News is also a bitch. So, and that's un-American. No, but they, I mean, that that's true. But it. also, when when they settle, they like they also very rarely admit faults when they settle. Like they'll pay you, but they don't. This one, they admitted faults. What they and say? So that's how, um, that they had uh they had knowingly spread uh. Um, assertion, you know, allegations that w- that were proved. proved well, they were false. like, it wasn't actually us. It was Tucker. <laughs> um, no, it's Carlson. funny is that Tucker was like mentioned in the lawsuit, but he wasn't like a target of the lawsuit. So, and then huh. um, he uh, he claims that um, he was going, he was getting ready to release um an interview with the. Uh, the the chief of the Capitol Hill police, uh, oh yeah, that saying saying about there was a whole bunch of feds involved uh, with with January sixth. So and yeah, then, you know, yeah, they never they never aired it and they fired him. So uh huh uh huh. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, here we're at. They yeah. What's included... the last line? The defendant and co-conspirators then caused these fraudulent electors to transmit their false certificates. To, to the vice, the president. vice president, and but that's the part I don't get. If it, those people who were deceived and they thought they were electors, then don't they have some ground to stand on? Say, no, we were certified as electors. We were told we were. We signed the certificate. Right. We signed our so we are. So then, well, when, and and also like all they did was like hand Mike Pence an envelope <laughs> that had had a different tally. Like it, it was Right, but they were under the impression that they were electors and so weren't they? I mean if you right. were told the government that you were then you are. Okay, but even even so uh, and they're and they're not charging any of these uh electors as far as I can tell. Well no uh, at least I don't think they are but <sighs> but but even so they are guilty, or or Trump is allegedly guilty of convincing these people to write a different outcome on a on a allegedly uh, uh, official ballot and electors? and turn it in. Right. What? Where are the legit electors at this point? Aren't they like, uh, hello? Don't you want our ballots? Yeah, I, which. I don't know. Either way, like it's it's just like you you are uh, you're being charged with high crimes for making shit confusing for a little bit. <laughs> like that that well, that's yeah, essentially but... what they did. Like, all right, so who's who's actually voting here? Yeah, and then who's to say? Well, like mm-hmm. I don't understand that whoever came in and rounded up all of these fake electors. How are they 
not the real electors. Like, I don't know if what I'm saying is It's like, it's like trying to, okay, this is like trying to uh, sneak into the movie theater. Three kids on top of each other's shoulders in a trench coat trying to sneak into the movie theater. (laughs) But they're like, no, you can't come in here. But they, you don't, like, you don't, like, bring a federal case against them. You're just like, no, get out of here. That's kind of how I feel about the yeah, other but I electors. And how these uh the fake electors, how they got their stuff in before the real electors. And if they thought they were electors, then why then they are electors. Like if they thought they were electors, don't they have a case? Well, not really, because if, if it's not certified by the governor of the state. How'd they get duped? Um you how saw many how are- people you saw how people were after that election. It's... Yeah, but how many are there? Like from from Nevada, how many are there? Uh, we had what six electoral votes. So yeah, but how many electors are there? These six. I think we need to look that up because of a long time ago when I went to the primary and then I was selected to be a delegate, it was like a huge thing. Yeah. And there were so many people. So I don't know. That but how, how the electoral votes go is one for each senator and one for each. Well, yeah. Uh, right. Representative. But the electors, I don't know that there's only just like the same number of electors as there are electoral votes. Like, no, no, that's whole- that's literally what it is. You're a you're a, an elector for the electoral college. And yes, the electoral it, college is based off of the the number of yes, senators. I know that and, too. Or, <laughs> yeah, so that that's so there's one for each, and yeah, that that's how it works. I mean, so Wyoming has three electors to to the electoral college. Nevada has, I think, six. It might be seven, but I, I think it's six. No, it's six. Yeah. So, but those are. Uh, like the electoral votes for the state are certified by like the state secretary of state and and then, or the governor, however that. But that it's like a big works. deal to be an elector. Yes. So I'm just trying to figure out how the legit electors got hoodwinked. I don't think they did. It was. It, it was a, a case of these other electors that that Trump convinced to come there were just like they were just like shoving their votes in Mike Pence's face, and he's like, "Hey, what? No, no, I'm not doing that Be- because they weren't certified they... by the state." How did they even get their? How did they even get to DC? I don't know. Let's 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 continue because I'm not for sure. Um, that's um, what I'm saying. If you're a legit elector, you already know you're going to D.C. to cast right. your vote. So you already got your plane ticket. You're already there. Then these other six people show up and they're like, no, we're the electors. No, we are. No, we are. Like, come on. Right. Well, and then it's you- even right here in this article from November 12th, 2020 from the Reno News. These are the these are who have been selected and they 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 publish their names in the newspaper. 
Mm -hmm. So here's their names. They're published in the paper. Um, it says the Nevada Democratic Party chose these one, two, three, four, five, six people, seven people. Since Biden won the statewide popular vote, the Democratic Party's chosen electors will represent Nevada in the Electoral College. Mm -hmm. um, Mailer, who is the chair of the Washoe County Democratic Party, will cast the votes for Northern Nevada's House District. Uh, Northern Nevada is represented by blah, blah, blah. It's a big honor. It's a big honor. On the Monday after the second Wednesday in December, the individual electoral colleges in all 50 states meet to officially cast their votes. This year's meeting in Nevada will take place December 14th in Carson City. Um, they, um, Nevada is one of 33 states with a law requiring electors to vote for the winner of the popular vote in the state, according to fairvote.org. If an elector opts to vote for another candidate, there is no penalty, but their vote is canceled and they're replaced by another elector. The certificates signed during the Electoral College meeting are then sent to various officers in the state and federal government. On January 6, 21, a joint session of Congress will meet to count the votes and declare the results, according to blah, blah, blah. Um, and then there's, there's, like, pictures of these people. So I don't understand where the fake electors came from. Well. I don't, I don't, that's. I just don't see how that's a thing. <laughs> like they know well, who they're <clears> supposed <throat> to be. They're sworn to oath or whatever. They're certified. Mm -hmm. And then they know when everyone's meeting. It's all pomp and circumstance. And these six people, seven people are the people they're expecting to see there. And then seven random other people show up. I don't see how the, the senators and the democratic party were going to let that happen. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, they didn't, but like these people just showed up anyway. And uh, but they were only supposed to show up if the the courts reversed, you know, the outcome of the election because they were alleging all this election fraud and all of those lawsuits got thrown out. Like and a lot of them by judges that Trump uh, appointed himself. Appointed. Right. And all right, well, <clears throat> yeah. So let's see. Go the, back up then to B. Go back up to B b um yeah this one okay this included causing the fraudulent electors to meet on the day appointed so did they know they were fraudulent um no, no because they thought they were only gonna like their votes were only gonna count if the the courts sided one way or the other uh, or, or sided in their favor i guess um let's see uh sign okay. certificates uh the legitimate electors were to gather and cast their votes, cast fraudulent votes for the defendant and sign certificates falsely representing that they were legitimate electors. Um, <sighs> some fraudulent electors were tricked into participating based on the understanding that their votes would be used only if the defendant succeeded in outcome determinative lawsuits within their state. Well, then that seems to me that the Republican Party of Nevada like, was like, okay, well, you six are our electors, and we're going to send if Trump wins Nevada. So, <sighs> yeah. Uh, okay. Essentially, they're like they're convicting or they're trying to convict him of losing um, a lawsuit. Essentially, <sighs> right? Or doing all, all, all of all of this stuff was like 
like minus the the storming of the capital everything done as far as i could tell was lawful like even the like the georgia deal like but we don't know how what was going on like behind the scenes of that case that they're trying to build but like i listened right. to that whole that whole uh phone call that he made with the secretary of state and right. trump Trump talks talks like a mob guy. Like he's very he's very slick on how he phrases shit. And he said, "I need uh, you got to find me these votes. I don't, you know, I don't. We just need this many votes." But he right. like, he never he never gave a direct order to to do anything illegal. And you're or like, threatened. Like, uh, does it sound shady? Sure, but okay. did he actually did he actually order anybody to do anything? No. Uh. Okay. Uh, I, uh -oh. So the defendant and co-conspirators attempted to use the power and authority of the Justice Department to conduct sham election crime investigations Shame. and send a letter to the targeted states that falsely claimed that the Justice Department had identified significant concerns that may have indicted, uh, impacted the election outcome. That Strongly wicked letter. Yeah, that sought to advance the defendant's fraudulent elector plan by using the Justice Department's authority to falsely present the fraudulent electors as a valid alternative to the legitimate electors and and that urged on behalf of the Justice Department, the targeted states' legislatures to convene to create the opportunity to choose the fraudulent electors over the legitimate electors. Okay, so they attempted to use the power but they never did like if you, you can attempt but as long as like essentially the the state uh, uh the states told them to fuck off mm -hmm. we're not going with your electors so there wasn't really any crime committed there you know uh, i just want to know who these co-conspirators were because it seems <laughs> like all these states were involved too mm-hmm so then, is it not just normal everyday business, everyday government? Kinda, except that, like he was, he was like trying to create this, like he was like trying to make like mimic what there was, what the states had had decided, but he with his own people. I mean, so he's just like he was. That was as an alternate uh, slate of electors is what he was trying to make and. Okay, but nobody nobody bought into it at all. But like everybody, didn't they already have an? That's the what the Republican Party is is his slate of electors, right? Okay, keep um, going. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, but like nothing happened with that. Like, right. I, like I think my my analogy of the little kids in a in a trench coat trying to sneak into the movie theaters like. Like they just like stopped them at the door and be like, hey, no, <laughs> you can't do that. So, Get out of here. So weird. <sighs> yeah. Uh, so the defendant and co-conspirators attempted to enlist the vice president to use his ceremonial role at the January 6th certification proceeding to fraudulently, uh, fraudulently alter the election results. First, using knowingly false claims of election fraud, the defendant and co-conspirators attempted to convince the vice president 
They use the defendant's fraudulent electors, reject legitimate electoral votes, or send legitimate electoral votes to state legislatures for review rather than counting them. When that failed on the morning of January 6th, the defendant and co-conspirators repeated knowingly false claims of election fraud to gathered supporters, falsely told them that the vice president had authority to and might alter the election of the proceeding and exert pressure on the vice but president. No, election take- results. And directed um, them to the Capitol to yeah. obstruct the certification proceeding. <gasps> yeah. He did not. Um, yeah, and he also said peacefully and patriotically. Right. Um, did he get him riled up? Like, absolutely. But doesn't like, he every single time? Right, but also, like, he he did make it clear, go peacefully. Right. Like, did he say some stupid shit? Yeah. When doesn't he say some stupid shit? Saying stupid shit is not a crime. Right. Um, or it shouldn't be. At least it's not supposed to be under the First Amendment, you know? Oh, right. Um, okay, so then directed him to the Capitol, obstruct the certification proceedings, and exert pressure on the vice president to take the fraudulent actions he had previously refused. And then see after it became public on the afternoon of January 6th that the vice president would not fraudulently alter the election results. A large and angry crowd, including many of the individuals whom the defendant had deceived into believing the vice president could and might change the election results, violently attacked the Capitol and halted the proceeding. As violence ensued, the defendant and co-conspirators exploited this exploited the, the disruption by redoubling efforts to levy false claims of election fraud and convince members of Congress to further delay the certification based on those claims. <sighs> um Jeez. Okay. Um that that seems really weak as yeah. far as uh like from a legal standpoint like the the last the the indictment on the the classified documents seems like pretty solid and and um i i'd have to look at or listen to some legal experts like I'll, i'm interested to see what judge andrew napolitano says uh jonathan turley see what he says uh, I'd be interested to see what Rob says about this indictment. I don't know if right. he'll read the whole thing or not, but this seems pretty, pretty flimsy. Like, right. And that that's being like, that's being pretty generous on, on, I think. Yeah. But, I agree. Um, all right. What's yeah. All right. So the defendant's knowledge of the falsity of his election fraud claims, this could be good. All right. Let's see what, what they got here. The defendant, okay. his co-conspirators, and their agents made knowingly false claims that there had been outcome determinative fraud in the 2020 presidential election. These prolific lies about election fraud included dozens of specific claims that there had been substantial fraud in certain states, such as that large numbers of dead, non-resident, non-citizen, or otherwise ineligible voters had cast ballots, or that voting machines had changed votes for the defendant uh, two votes for Biden. 
these claims were false and the defendant knew they were false. In fact, Ugh. the defendant was notified repeatedly that his claims were untrue, often by people, by the people on whom he relied for candid advice on important matters and who were best positioned to know the facts and he deliberately disregarded the truth. Huh. Ugh. Okay. This okay. I feel like I need another beer for this one. Uh, <laughs> I want I want to I want to Maybe we're we're about to find something really, really groundbreaking. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. Maybe. <clears throat> All right. The defendants. A. The defendants' vice president, who personally stood to gain by remaining in office as part of the defendants' ticket, and whom the defendant asked to study fraud allegations told the defendant he had seen no evidence of outcome-determinative fraud. B, so Vice, uh, so Mike Pence said uh, he had seen no evidence of it, and uh, Trump didn't believe him, I guess. Uh, B, the senior leaders of the Justice Department appointed by the defendant and responsible for investigating credible allegations of election crimes told the defendant on multiple occasions that various allegations of fraud were unsupported. Uh, so that would have been Bill Barr, um, whoever is below him. and Right. Uh, all right. So C, the director of national intelligence, uh, the defendant's principal advisor on intelligence matters related to national security, disabused the defendant of the notion that the intelligence community's findings regarding foreign interference would change the outcome of the election. Uh-huh. Um, okay, and then D, Department of Homeland Security's uh, Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, uh, CISA. Um, you might remember hearing about this. You, uh, you maybe, I don't, I talk a lot, so you probably don't remember, but, um, <laughs> but <clears throat> we talked about this on the Twitter Files episode, uh, here a while back. My, Matt Taibbi, um, uh -huh established um a, a clear connection between um at least twitter but if if twitter is like the third major um social media platform well, it depends on how you classify youtube i think youtube would probably be the biggest but you it's like youtube, YouTube facebook instagram and then twitter um i have tiktok's in there too so anyway twitter's down yeah. the line so if like they were if they were doing this shit with uh with Twitter, you know they were doing it with Facebook and and he he identified this this exact department, cybersecurity and infrastructure security agency. Um uh -huh. basic, basically had a you know, like the the old uh like the red telephone that the the president used to have with with Russia. Right. Kind of kind of the yeah. same way with between that department and Twitter or Facebook or whoever else, whatever social media apparatus um so they whose existence the defendant defendant signed into law to protect the, the nation's cybersecurity infrastructure from attack if that doesn't tell you how like how ill-prepared donald trump was for to actually you know drain the swamp this department did no. not exist until donald <coughs> trump signed it into law 
and then they were they were you know instrumental in uh in this whole indictment then they uh, conspired against him (laughs) yeah and so like when uh like people will will always uh criticize ron paul because he never had a solution he's like well like he had a good enough solution don't do that vote no on that like right (laughs) and uh yeah, like if if Donald Trump would have vetoed that, then this this whole off office right there would not have been able to implicate him in this indictment because they wouldn't Jeez. have existed. Um, ah. Joined joined an official multi agency statement that there was no evidence uh, any voting system had been compromised, and that declared the 2020 election was the most secure in American history. That sounds like a Trump statement because that, that's kind of what he. That, <laughs> everyone that knows. The, everyone knows. Most huge, secure ever. Huge security, best Mo- ever. Everybody knows it. Everyone knows. Ask anyone. Ask that guy. I uh, I went over to North Korea and I said, "Hey, hey, Kim Jong, what do you think?" And he said, "What do you know? This is the best security I've ever seen. Most secure election ever. I've got. Most I secure. know. I know a thing about secure elections." And he said, "Wow, what a secure election." Wow, most secure. Wow. And uh, as I said, what about you, Kim Jong? What a loser. Your elections are a fraud. You have a bull haircut. <laughs> um, days later, after the CISA director, whom the defendant had appointed, <laughs> announced publicly that election security experts were in agreement that claims of computer-based election fraud were uns- unsubstantiated, and the defendant fired him. Heck yeah. Um, C, senior White House uh, attorneys selected by the defendant to provide him uh, candid advice informed the defendant there was no evidence of outcome determinative election fraud and told him that his presidency would end on Inauguration Day in 2021. Um, Okay, I mean, that is their advice and their opinion. Like, was it re- rooted in fact? I think absolutely, but they don't get to determine when he leaves office. Like that's not up to them. Um, they they can offer their best legal advice. He does not have to take it, you know. Well, yeah, but and um, so like they they're saying that he knowingly, like he may have been aware. Of of what they were telling to him, but I don't think he believed that what they were telling him was true. No, I, think he, I don't. He I think I don't he think truly he believed, believed it all either. I think he truly believed that the the machines were rigged and the whole thing was rigged. I mean, he's he's always unless he wins the election, he denies it. It, it was the right. same way in the primaries, you know. And um, I don't know if there's anything criminal about that. You know, is it is it a major well, character the- flaw? Like yeah, absolutely. But that's the part up here that just is like knowingly, knowingly to who? Yeah. Well, he he could have been told that, but he he'd be like, yeah, I know you told me that, but I don't think that's right. I don't believe it. (laughs) Right? Yeah, and so like everyone's against me. Yeah, I don't know, and. Like if he would have succeeded, and then this came out, yeah, then you'd have an abs- absolutely have a case against him. But right, it didn't work. It didn't work, mm-hmm. and the uh, the people that were supposed to go along with it, uh, like the people important and 
the important people that were supposed to go along with it did not. So, Didn't. I mean, just double down. Yeah, and so it just you just kind of look stupid. But is is that a right? I don't know. I guess we'll see. Is that a crime? Um, <laughs> senior staffers not on, a crime but, to look stupid. Right. I mean. I mean, then you know, President Biden would be. Uh, he, he's the best president ever. You know, he's just a strong and virile young eighty years old. <laughs> Under arrest, virile and Jack. vigorous. Yeah, uh, senior staffers on uh, the defendant's uh, 2020 re-election campaign, uh, defendant's campaign or campaign is what we referred to further on, uh, whose sole mission was the defendant's re-election, told the defendant on November 7th, 2020, that he only had a 5 to 10% chance of prevailing in the election and that success was contingent on the defendant winning uh, ongoing vote they counts or lip... Huh? It's their fault then. Yeah. Uh, ongoing vote counts or litigation in Arizona, Georgia, and Wisconsin. Within a week of that assessment, the defendant lost in Arizona, meaning he had lost the election. Uh, state officials, uh, state legislators and officials, many of them who were the defendant's political allies, had voted for him and wanted him to be reelected, repeatedly informed the defendant that his claims of fraud in their states were unsubstantiated or false and resisted his pressure to act based upon them. So that's probably directly related to that call with um Georgia. Yeah, I forget is it Raff, Raff I think Raffensburger, maybe. Um, Raffensburger? He no. He's from No, the, that's rapist, Pittsburgh. not a not a state legislator. Well, what's the difference? You don't know that. Well, true. true. That's a very, very broad statement, Cotton. Yeah. Uh, state and federal courts, uh, the neutral arbiters responsible for ensuring fair and even-handed administration of election laws rejected uh, every outcome determinative post-election lawsuit filed by the defendant and his co-conspirators and, and allies, providing the defendant real-time notice that his allegations were meritless. Real-time. Um, okay, so then... What's the, the difference between a co-conspirator and an ally? Mm. I think the allies were uh, like they were on his side until it was time to actually act. And they're like, "Ah, I don't know. Or they were just like everyday people who were like, yeah, those people who are still flying the Trump flags. They're his allies. The the Trump one and you know what people? Yes, but his co-conspirators were actually like on the ground. Okay, I got it. Yeah. Um. So the defendant widely disseminated his false claims of election fraud for months, despite the fact that the fact that he knew and in many cases had been informed directly that they were not true. He, they were to- he was told that, but he did not believe it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying is like you have to don't you have to prove that he. Yeah, you have to prove it? that he believed it and was knowingly spreading false information on purpose. And the whole time, I've said that too, the whole time. No, he really thinks this. And millions of people <coughs> do too. Right. And like when it comes to speech, if you're wrong, you're wrong. But like you, that's that's not necessarily a crime, you know? Like, but if you're wrong, it doesn't, it doesn't mean that you're a liar right like 
Yeah, right? you could be wrong and 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 still be telling but, the truth as you know it. As you know it. As yeah, you exactly. believe it or, or whatever. As the way but, that um, you experienced it. It's his lived as, experience. As your lived experience. It's his lived experience. And now they are just mm. bringing he, I, this huge life-altering lawsuit. He's an old man. It's what his lived if, experience. They have no what idea. What if, what if, and maybe we can become lawyers after this, like Trump or... Uh, we're uh, we're available for your disposal, but what if he identifies as having won the 2020 presidential election? Right. This is what I'm saying. Yes. yes. You well, can't prove can that he doesn't think that. How can they take that away from him? They can't gatekeep the election from him like that. No. I mean, they're just a bunch of bigots. <sighs> they're the worst kind. The they're worst dead kind. electioning him. They are dead electioning him. They are. They are. They are. Yeah. They are. Yeah, I you um, know what? Freaking believable. I, they they ought to be strung up by their toes for that. Winning winning election winning gatekeepers. They're they're keeping the experience from him because mm-hmm. they think that they know better. Yeah. Right. They're they're truthists. That's what they are. And bigots. Yeah, and definitely bigoted. Definitely mm-hmm. bigoted. Probably racist too. I'm yeah. I was gonna say that next. Yeah, I mean, Racist obviously, for sure. classist, obviously, classist, classist, mm-hmm. ageist, partyist. Yeah, orangist. No, that's the race that they're against. I know they're 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 a bunch of orange haters. Um, uh, disseminated his false claims of election fraud for months. Uh, defendants knowingly false statements were integral to his criminal plans to defeat the federal government function obstruct the certification and interfere with others right to vote and have their votes counted. How can he interfere with their right to vote when it was like a month later? They already voted. Stop it. Well, and also like he did this all in the broad view of the public through the legal system, right? Right. And and at the the end of the day right. He lost. But like he he uh it's not like he appoint or like he demanded that a, a judge rule one way and then they actually did it. You know, he demanded that, you know right. I, I don't know if he actually demanded, but he, he bitched about him all the fucking time. He demanded and, that Pence do and he didn't. Right. And um so I I mean, I don't know. It it seems like uh the the only thing that they can point to as far as violent is the whole the whole riot at the Capitol. But that's still very much yeah, undetermined what on, the fuck no. happened there. Um, yeah, especially because how many feds were involved in that? That didn't just yeah, happen spontaneously. Like, uh, allegedly a hundred, like hundreds, like uh, <laughs> over a hundred, allegedly. Yeah, that didn't just happen spontaneously. Come on. Yeah. Uh, no, Let's don't talk get me about wrong. conspiracies. Yeah, and don't get me wrong, uh, some of those, like, true blue Trump supporters fucking got swept up in it, and they, yeah, uh, they did some they stupid did. shit. But, yes. yeah, I, I don't know. So, anyway. Of um, course they did. They're boomers. They think they're doing the right thing. All right, so he he made these knowingly false claims uh, throughout the post-election time period, including those below that he made immediately before the attack on the Capitol on January 6th. Attack on the Capitol. Yeah, 
A, the defendant insinuated that more than 10,000 dead voters had voted in Georgia. Just four days earlier, Georgia's Secretary of State had explained to the defendant that this was false. B, the defendant oh. asserted that there had been more than 205,000, that there had been 205,000 more votes than you voters in Pennsylvania. Uh, the defendant's acting attorney general and acting uh, deputy attorney general had explained to him that this was false. And C, the defendant said there had been a suspicious vote dump in Detroit, Michigan. The defendant's attorney general had explained to the defendant that this was false and the defendant's allies in the Michigan state legislature, the Speaker of the House of Representatives and Majority Leader of the Senate had publicly announced that there was no evidence of substantial fraud in the state. But who did he get that information from in the first place? All three of those bullet points. Um, probably from his crazy ass lawyers. Remember, he had the you know they had they were gonna release the kraken that was gonna blow this case wide open, and nothing happened. And uh, and, and one of the other, uh, I think it was Lynn Wood. One of his other lawyers, um, he also like had initially uh, was representing Kyle Rittenhouse and let that kid rot in jail for like 80 days while he was fundraising on on his coattails and didn't do a goddamn thing for him. And this is one of like Trump's right. main lawyers during the time. So, right. Is it a is it a crime to have bad legal counsel? I mean, I don't, I don't know. That's a good question. Um, the defendant uh, claimed that there had been ten th tens of thousands of double votes and other fraud in Nevada. The Nevada Secretary of State had previously rebutted the defendant's fraud claims by publicly posting a facts versus myth document explaining that Nevada judges had reviewed and rejected them. And the Nevada Supreme Court had rendered a, division, uh, a decision denying such claims. Okay. Uh, the defendant said that more than 30,000 non-citizens had voted in Arizona. The defendant's own campaign manager had explained to him that such claims were false. And the Speaker of the Arizona House of Representatives, who had supported the defendant in the election, had issued a public statement that there was no evidence of substantial fraud in Arizona. Okay, so all uh, of these statements are uh, criminal activity? No, this is like they're just trying to like pound home the point that he knew all of his allegations yeah. were false. And like, well, I mean, it's it kind of what the definition of is is, right. you know, like, like, did he, you could tell him all you want. There's people you can tell shit till you're blue in the face and they still don't believe you. You should meet my husband. Exactly. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, so, um, okay. So then the defendant asserted that voting machines in various contested states had switched votes from the defendant to Biden. The defendant's attorney general, acting attorney general, and acting deputy attorney general all had explained to him that this was false. And numerous uh, recounts and audits had confirmed the accuracy of voting machines. Okay, well, so he didn't he didn't believe the accuracy of the voting machines even after they told him they were accurate. But do you it's blame him? I mean, it's like 
it's like the little kid who's got chocolate all over their face. And the mm -hmm. mom's like, have you been eating chocolate? And they're like, no. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I'm just taking your word for it. Mm, let's let's do some investigating right. here. Right. I haven't um, been eating chocolate. Uh, the criminal agreements and acts to affect the object of the conspiracy. Uh, the defendant's use of deceit to get state officials to subvert uh, the legitimate election results and change electoral votes. Um, shortly after election day, which fell on November 3rd, 2020, the defendant launched his criminal scheme. 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 He's scheming all over the place. Oh, my gosh. Uh, on November 13th, the defendant's campaign attorneys conceded in court that he had lost a vote. Uh, count in the state of Arizona, meaning based on the assessment of the defendant's campaign advisors uh, had given him, given him just a week earlier, the defendant had lost the election. So the next day, the defendant turned to co-conspirator one, whom he announced would spearhead his efforts going forward to challenge the election results. That must be Giuliani. It's, I, I don't I don't know. That's. I, I kind of tuned out of that whole thing when, when it was well, going on. That's who we said was co-conspirator number one in the first place, didn't we? Yeah. Um, I remember making fun of a lot of the a lot of the stuff, but like people were so fucking ramped up. Like I like I don't think Trump was any different than like your dad or most no. other regular Trump voters. Like they just didn't believe shit. I mean they they no. believed a lot of shit, but a lot of it but they didn't like none of the, the none of the official the word coming out. They did not believe anything. And no, like, but you know what? A, how that's not a crime. Many, how many people did you meet like that? A lot. Yeah, more than more than who did. I mean, I met more people. I know more mm -hmm. people who who are on the same lines as Trump than not. <laughs> Right. Well, and I, even me, like I, I don't believe the voting numbers were ever changed. I, I don't, I don't believe that. And I, I never, like, I was open to the idea. Um, and then, like, the more we we realize, or more like shit has come out, I realize, like, no, they they stole it from him in in different ways. And so, I absolutely think the election was stolen from him, but it all had to do with the narrative beforehand. Like well, they suppressed, yeah, well, they suppressed the Hunter Biden article. story. They they suppressed a whole bunch of the which honestly at the end of the day I don't know it would have mattered any of the COVID stuff because Trump was just as bad as the rest of them on COVID. Well, um, look at all that. What about the Time Magazine article that March yeah. fourth, twenty one Time Magazine article? They said, well, yeah, this is all the stuff we did. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and none of it was illegal. Um, well, like, and going back to like the. BLM riots when they they made up this whole story and you know there was a bunch of generals and shit that con that condemned him because the, the story was he had he had removed uh, a bunch of rioters from from this deal so in front of the church so he could get a, a oh, photo right. op right um but that wasn't the case at all uh, I don't remember ex the exact story of it but like the 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 story that we were told by the media was complete bullshit of course it was. Um, just like most of the stuff they, they said about him. Like, what right. I don't get was that guy was bad enough on his own. Why did they have to make shit up? Right. Exactly. Because um, they're... They can't worse. get him on the they're stuff the that, that that's easy because 
Yeah, then that they're implicated as well. They're they're lower than worse. Yeah. Um. <laughs> let's see. From that point on, all right. So the next day, uh, I challenged that. All right. From that point on, the defendant and his co-conspirators ex- executed a strategy to use knowing deceit in the targeted states to impair, obstruct, and defeat the federal government function, including as described below. Arizona, on November 13th, 2020, the defendant had a conversation with his campaign manager who informed him that a claim had been circulating that a substantial number of non-citizens had voted in Arizona was false. Uh, On November 22nd... On November 13, 2020, the defendant had a conversation with his campaign manager who informed him that a claim that had been circulating that a substantial number of non-citizens was false. Okay. Uh, on November 22nd, eight days before the Arizona's, before Arizona's governor certified the ascertainment of the state's legitimate electors, based on the popular vote, the defendant and co-conspirator one called the Speaker of Arizona House Representatives and made knowingly false claims of election fraud aimed at interfering with the ascertainment of and voting by Arizona's elector electors as follows. Ah, oh, there's a bunch there, too. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, so the defendant... Knowingly is, false. Yeah. That part pisses me off. Yeah, that's what they're going to have to... How are um, they going to prove that? Well, I, I guess, I don't know. I I mean, I guess they have to prove that they were right, but like you can call him crazy, but <clears throat> I think he truly believed it. So um, I do too. But why did he believe it? He had been in there for four years. He knew. Yeah, he knew some bullshit was up. Yeah, he was just uh, he was uh, he was too much of a boomer to realize where they got him. Right. Um and. By the way, it was his own fucking FBI and DOJ and Department of Homeland Security and NSA that yeah. did it, too. Right. <laughs> um, so they falsely asserted, among other things, that a, a substantial number of non-citizens, non-residents, and dead people had fraudulent, voted fraudulently in Arizona. <laughs> Arizona. How could they vote fraudulently? They're dead. Just vote. Yeah. Just be... <laughs> Arizona House Speaker asked co-conspirator one for evidence of the claims, which co-conspirator one did not have, but claimed he would provide. Co-conspirator one never did so. Uh, B, defendant and co-conspirator one asked the Arizona House Speaker to call the legislature into session to hold a hearing based on their claims of election. A hearing. A hearing based on their claims of election fraud. The Arizona House Speaker refused, stating that doing so would require a a two-thirds vote of its members, and he would not allow it without actual evidence of fraud. Okay. Uh, The defendant and co-conspirator one asked the Arizona House Speaker to use the legislature to circumvent the process by which uh, legitimate electors would be ascertained for Biden based on the popular vote and replace those electors with a new slate for the defendant. The House Speaker refused, responding that the suggestion was beyond anything he had ever heard or thought of as something within his authority. Okay, so he made requests or demands or whatever, but... That got denied. Yeah. um, 
Huh. Okay. So, uh, like, was he right? I don't think so, but is it a crime? I, I'm not convinced. If I was a juror, uh, a member of the jury here, I would not be convinced by any of this. No, they're not going to pick you now. I know. Well, I'm not in D.C., so. Where did you get this paper, anyway? Um, This Wait, is... This is the actual document filed by the DOJ. I know, but where did you find it? Uh, I was off a of Drudge, but it was linked right to a government website. So yeah, Drudge. Okay, keep going. Yeah. Um, on December one, co-conspirator one met with the uh, the Arizona House Speaker. When the Arizona House Speaker again asked co-conspirator one for evidence of the outcome determinative uh, election fraud. He and the defendant had been claiming co-conspirator one responded with the words to the with words to the effect of we don't have the evidence, but we have lots of theories. Well, you gotta start somewhere. Right. Okay. Uh, that's nice. <laughs> so I mean, they're not admitting defeat, but they're just saying we don't have anything yet. Right. Um Okay. I mean, that, that's, oh, no, this was his statement. Isn't that like the state of life that uh, all the anti-Trump people have been living in since 2016 is like, we don't have anything yet, but we know he did it. Yeah. And, and that, they still, they're still yeah. trying. Um, so on December 4th, the Arizona House Speaker issued a public statement that said in part, no election is perfect. If there and if there were if there were evidence of illegal votes or an improper count, then Arizona law provides a process to contest the election, a lawsuit under state law. But the law does not authorize authorize the legislature to reverse the results of an election. As a conservative Republican, I don't like the results of the presidential election. I voted for President Trump and worked hard to reelect him, but I cannot and will not entertain a suggestion that. We violate current law to change the outcome of a certified election. I and my fellow legislators swore an oath to, to support the U.S. Constitution and the Constitution and the laws of the state of Arizona. Huh. We would violate that oath and uh, the basic pr principles of Republican government. That's a uh, little R Republican, not, not uh -huh. Republican Party. but Right. <laughs> and the rule of law if we attempted to nullify the people's vote based on unsupported theories of fraud. Under the laws that we wrote and voted upon, Arizona voters chose who wins, and our system requires that their choice be respected. So it sounds like the, the Speaker of the House of Arizona was a pretty upright guy. Right. Um, and he politely told Donald Trump to fuck off. Like, very politely. Well, yeah, he told him, sorry. Sorry, yeah. but I can't. I got nothing. Yeah. I want to. Uh, so, I'd like to. Uh, on the uh, morning of January 4th, 2021, uh, co-conspirator two called the Arizona House Speaker to urge him to use a majority of the legislature to decertify the state's legitimate electors. Arizona's validly ascertained electors had voted three weeks earlier and sent their votes to Congress, which was uh, scheduled to count those votes in Biden's favor just two days in just two days time at the January 6th. Certification proceeding. When the Arizona House Speaker explained that state investigations had uncovered no evidence of substantial fraud in the state, co-conspirator two fraud. conceded. 
It yeah, doesn't say no evidence of fraud. It just says substantial fraud. Well, so that was, that's been kind of... That's been their legal argument the whole time. Um, the media will say there's been no fraud to speak of, but like the the legal arguments that the they've been using against Trump has has been like no <sighs> no election altering or whatever you know substantial. Um, Not enough to swing it in his. Favor. Yeah. Um, uh, co-conspirator two conceded that he didn't know enough about facts on the ground in Arizona but nonetheless told the Arizona House Speaker to decertify and let the courts sort it out. The Arizona House Speaker refused, stating that he would not play with the oath he had taken to uphold the United States Constitution and Arizona law. Huh. So once again, the House Speaker wasn't going to be bullied. So, all right, good for him. Right. On January 6th, the defendant publicly repeated the knowingly false claim that 36,000 non-citizens had voted in Arizona. Um, okay, so Georgia, where, what page are we on? We're only on page 11. That's like 45 pages. Well, I know. Well, you don't have to read it word for word. You could skip it. No, uh, depending. No, you can't. Um, co-conspirator three responded nine minutes. Okay, so this, all right. November 16, 2020, on the defendant's behalf, his executive assistant sent co-conspirator three and others a document containing bullet points, points critical of a certain voting machine company writing. Certain ma- machine company whose name we'll, we'll not name yet. Yeah. Um, writing, see attached, please include as is or almost as is in lawsuit. Uh, so well, there's an attachment there. Co-conspirator three. Responded nine minutes later, writing, it must go in all suits in Georgia and PA, or GA and PA and uh, immediately, so that's Georgia and Pennsylvania, with a fraud claim that requires the entire election to be set aside in those states and machines impounded for nonpartisan professional inspection. <clears throat> um, but that didn't happen. And. Right. So you can say anything you want, but right, nothing, nothing happened. So right. Um. Okay. So on November twenty fifth, co-conspirator three filed a lawsuit against the governor of Georgia, falsely alleging massive election fraud, uh, accomplished through the voting machine company's election software and hardware. Before the lawsuit was even filed, the defendant retweeted a post promoting it. The defendant did this despite the fact that when he discussed uh, when he had discussed co-conspirators three's far-fetched public claims regarding the voting machine company far-fetched in Ugh. private with his advi- with advisors, the defendant had conceded that they were unsus- unsupported and that co-conspirator three sounded crazy. Co-conspirator three's Georgia lawsuit was dismissed on uh, December seventh. So that had to have been like Lynn Wood or or Sidney Powell that they're talking the lady. about there. Yeah, yeah. So all right, so that that one maybe because he he said they sounded crazy. So he's at least acknowledging that they're maybe not be on the something up and up. That- yeah. So maybe maybe they got something there. I don't know. We'll see. Um, 
On December 3rd, co-conspirator one orchestrated a presentation to a judiciary sub subcommittee of the Georgia State Senate with the intention of misleading state senators into blocking ascertainment of legitimate electors. Keep talking. During, during the presentation, uh, A, an agent of the defendant and co-conspirator one falsely claimed that more than 10,000 dead people voted in Georgia. That afternoon, a senior <laughs> advisor to the defendant and told the defendant's chief of staff through text messages. Dead people um just an fyi uh a campaign lawyer that that's been redacted uh and his team certified that the 10k plus supposed dead voting in georgia is not accurate it was alleged in co-conspirators hearing co-conspirator one's hearing today uh the senior advisor clarified that he believed the actual number was 12 so they, they were Twelve people, twelve dead people voted, not ten thousand. Not ten thousand. Twelve yeah. or twelve thousand. No, twelve. <laughs> thousand. <laughs> twelve. The actual. I'm pretty sure the actual number of dead people is twelve. So I'm not saying it didn't happen. <laughs> well, at another least agent they... of the defendant and co-conspirator one played a misleading excerpt of a video recording of ballot counting at State Farm Arena in. Atlanta and insinuated that it showed election workers counting suitcases of illegal ballots. Millions of them. Millions. We watched them. Uh, co and C, co-conspirator two, uh, encouraged legislators to decertify the state's legitimate electors based on false allegations of election fraud. But they didn't, so... I know, so they're... Hmm. I keep going. Also on December 3rd, the defendant issued a tweet amplifying the knowingly false claims made in co-conspirator one's presentation in Georgia. Wow. Blockbuster testimony taking place right now in Georgia. Ballot stuffing by Dems when Republicans were forced to leave the large counting room. Plenty more coming, but this alone leads to an easy win of the state. Well, <laughs> he, he was wrong. But yeah. And then they kicked him off of the tweeter. Yeah, was, now it's known it was, as X, so they better get their stuff together. I know. Um, but was that criminal? I, right. I don't, I don't see how. Um, on December 4th, the, George, the Georgia Secretary of State's chief operating officer debunked the claims made at Co-Conspirator 1's presentation the previous day, issuing a tweet stating, The 92nd video of election workers at State Farm Arena purporting to show election... Uh, purporting to show fraud was watched in its entirety hours Ow. by Georgia secretary of state investigators shows normal ballot processing. Here is the fact check on it on uh, December 7th. He reiterated during a press conference that the claim there was, there had been misconduct that state farm arena was false. Um, on December 8th, the defendant called the Georgia Attorney General to pressure him to support an election lawsuit filed in the Supreme Court uh, by another state's Attorney General. The Georgia Attorney General told the defendant that officials had investigated various claims of election fraud in the state and were not seeing evidence to support them. Where's the quote on that? Um, there was no quote. No. Hmm. Yeah, and so that like that's the big like allegedly the smoking gun phone call is to yeah. I, I think it was the attorney general, maybe it was I, secretary the of state. Mm, um, but either way, it. like he just 
he talked like a mob boss, and he was like, uh, you know, something might happen. I don't know what. He's not really threatening you, but he is, you know? No, say it in your Donald Trump voice. Oh. <laughs> Let's see. I, yeah, that was my that was my, my mobster voice, but... Uh, kind of. never know. <laughs> was your voice. You never know when a toilet might clog, clog, if you know <laughs> what I mean. You never know. Things might happen. It could get messy. I don't want that to happen. Nobody wants that to happen. My wife said, do you want that to happen? I said, no way. I don't want it to happen. That'd be terrible. <laughs> but it could. Nobody knows what will happen. <laughs> That's more like it. Uh, uh, da, 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 um, the Georgia I'm down here. General senior campaign advisor and informed the defendant that his claims of a large number of dead voters in Georgia were untrue. We believe that number is actually 32. Where would you see? Um, cannot extend it down. False claim with respect to the persistent false claims re regarding State Farm Arena on December 8th, the senior oh. campaign advisor wrote in an email with uh, when our research and campaign legal team can't back up any of the claims made by. Our elite strike force legal team, you can see why we're 0 and 32 on our cases. I'll obviously hustle to help on all fronts, but it's tough to own in any of this when it's all just conspiracy shit beamed down from the mothership. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. Senior campaign advisor. Oh, I wonder who that is. You should you should interview them. Ah, uh, <laughs> I bet that's I wonder if that's like Mark Meadows or something. Um, who who spoke with the defendant on a daily basis? Oh. Huh. It's, uh, it's, it's tough to own any of this when it's all just conspiracy shit beamed down from the mothership. Ay, pobrecitos. <laughs> uh, on December 10th, four days before Biden's uh, validly ascertained uh, oh, electors were scheduled. Alleged. Alleged. Yeah. I mean, they're uh, going to say. Allegedly. <laughs> um, scheduled to cast votes and send in the Congress, co conspirator one appeared at a hearing before the Georgia House of Representatives uh, Government Affairs Committee. Co conspirator one played the uh, State Farm Arena video again, falsely showed voter fraud right in front of the people's eyes uh, and was the tip of the iceberg. Was this when the sweat was coming down Rudy Giuliani's face? I think it might have been. Smearing his makeup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was like dripping um hair dye and mascara or something. Yeah. yeah. Um you know, he's he's an old Italian man. Come on. I know. You got the agenda. <laughs> uh <laughs> then he cited two election workers by name. Oh yeah, so this this is definitely Rudy because he had mm -hmm. to he had to admit um he had to admit uh they these were false claims. Right. So he basically uh he basically base baselessly <laughs> accused them of uh <laughs> quite uh, quite obviously surreptitiously surreptitiously passing You can around. do it. Yeah. Quite obviously, surreptitiously passing around USB ports as if they were vials of heroin or cocaine and suggested that they were criminals whose places of work 
their homes should have been searched for evidence of ballots, for evidence of USB ports, for evidence of voter From fraud. UFOs. Oh. Yeah. Thereafter, the two election workers received numerous death threats. But did they I die? Do... <laughs> but did they die? I do feel bad for those two ladies because they're just like, man, I'm out here. I'm out here doing my civic duty. They're probably volunteers who are ten dollars an hour, like we did when we. I know I, that that is such a shit job. <laughs> I uh-uh, it. it was awesome. <laughs> I'm glad you liked it. I hated it. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, on December fifteenth, the defendants summoned the incoming acting attorney general, the incoming acting deputy attorney general, and others to the Oval Office to discuss allegations of election fraud. During the meeting, the Justice Department uh, officials specifically refuted the defendant's claims about State Farm Arena, explaining to him that the activity shown on the tape, uh, co-conspirator one had been used, uh, had used was benign. Um, on December 23rd, a day after the defendant's chief of staff personally observed the signature verification process at uh, the Cobb County Civic Center, Center, and notified um, notified the defendant that state election officials were conducting themselves in an exemplary fashion exemplary. Would, find, would find fraud if it existed. The defendant tweeted that Georgia officials administering the signature verification process were trying to hide evidence of election fraud and were terrible people. No, say it the right way. <laughs> terrible people. Terrible people. They're the worst. Nobody likes them. Everyone agrees. Everyone knows they're the worst. <laughs> uh, I called up Rudy and said, "Can you believe it? Look at these people. They're so they're so terrible." And he said, "I know, so terrible, terrible." <laughs> what are we gonna do? Um, in a phone call on December twenty seventh, the defendant spoke with the acting attorney general and acting deputy attorney general. During the call, the defendant again pressed the unfounded claims uh, regarding State Farm Arena. And the two top Justice Department officials again rebutted the allegations, telling them that the Justice Department had reviewed videotape and interviewed witnesses and had not uh, identified any suspicious conduct. I find that so hard to believe. Yeah. On December 31st, (coughs) the defendant signed a verification affirming false election fraud allegations made on his behalf in a lawsuit filed in his name against the Georgia governor. In advance of the filing, co-conspirator 2, who is advising the defendant on the lawsuit, acknowledged in an email that he and the defendant had, since signing a previous verification, been made aware that some of the allegations and evidence proffered by the experts had been inaccurate, and that signing a new affirmation with that knowledge and incorporation reference would not be accurate. The defendant and co-conspirator, too, caused the defendant's signed verification to be filed nonetheless. So he had shitty legal counsel, once again. Mm, Again, right. Uh, On January 2nd, four days before uh, before Congress's certification proceeding, the defendant and others called Georgia's Secretary of State. During the call, this is the like the smoking gun one, I guess. Oh, right. Here we go. The defendant lied to the Secretary of State to induce him to alter Georgia's popular vote and call into question the validity of the Biden electors' votes, which had been transmitted to Congress weeks before, including as follows. 
the defendant raised allegations regarding the State Farm Arena's uh, arena video and repeatedly disper- disparaged one of the same election workers that co-conspirator one had maligned on December 10th, using her name almost 20 times and falsely referring to her as a professional vote scammer and hustler. Was it what's your <laughs> name? Um, it was it was a black lady. That's all. Yeah, I, what's I, her I, name? I can't remember her name. Um, ah, you know she is. That's like her. That's her like tagline on her Insta: professional vote scammer and hustler. She like that's legit. <laughs> <laughs> In response, the Georgia Secretary of State refuted this. You're talking about the State Farm video. And I think it's extremely unfortunate that uh, co-conspirator one or his people, they sliced and diced that video and took it out of context. When the Georgia Secretary of State Abrams. then offered a... Oh, no, she she was... She is a vote hustler, but that's not yeah. who they're talking about. Yeah, is that who it is in Georgia? No, no, this was like a normal, like, volunteer lady. <laughs> a normal lady. I oh, think okay. she kind of looked like Stacey Abrams, if I remember right, but... Um, yeah, I'm going to be, I'm going to feel like a real jackass if she was like a skinny white lady. <laughs> I compared her to, to Stacey Abrams. Um, I, I mean, for that matter, I'll be embarrassed if she was a skinny black lady. Like I don't, <laughs> Stacey Abrams is a terrible person. So I, I feel exactly. bad. That's who I think it is. No, this, this was like a regular lady. Really? Like just, yeah. Like. It was like um, if Deb had been born in Georgia, you know, like just one of those, <laughs> one so of those nice. type. Yeah, I I think she was just just like a volunteer, yeah, elect, election uh, you know worker that like I probably was she a Democrat. What's that? Isn't she in Georgia? Yes, but she was running for governor. She wasn't a. So she she's not gonna degrade election. herself by you know actually volunteer for elections. She's just gonna bitch about the elections. Wait. Okay. Um, I'm with you. Um, when the Georgia Secretary of State then offered a link to a video that would disprove co-conspirator one's claims, the defendant responded, "I don't care about a link. I don't need it. I have much. I have a much uh, Raffensperger. I have a much better link." Uh, um, the defendant asked about rumors that paper ballots cast in the election were being destroyed, and the Georgia Secretary of State's counsel explained to him that that claim had been investigated and was not true. Um, those are all Republican officials, by the way. Oh, in, really? In Georgia and Georgia, yeah. Okay. The the only the only election like major elections that the Republicans lost in Georgia were the Senate. When Trump told him not oh. to go out and vote because it was rigged, yeah. anyways. Right. Um. Yeah. So they they went from two Republican senators in Georgia to none. Right. That's right. Yeah. They done good. Um. The defendant claimed that five thousand dead people voted in Georgia, causing the Georgia Secretary of State to respond, "Well, Mr. President, the challenge that you have is the data you have is wrong. The actual number were two. Two, two people were dead that uh, p- p- two people that were dead that voted, and so your information's wrong. That was two. So, 
You're saying there's a chance. <laughs> there's a chance. I mean, still. <laughs> Two dead people still voted. And would they have even noticed if Trump hadn't been like, I know 5,000 dead people voted in Georgia. And they'd been like, go look. Uh, the defendant claimed that thousands of out-of-state voters had cast ballots in Georgia's election, which the Georgia Secretary of State's Council refuted, explaining we've been going through each of those as well, and those numbers that we got that uh, that uh, Giuliani was just saying, they're not accurate. Everyone we've been through are people that lived in Georgia, moved to a different state, but then moved back to Georgia legitimately. They moved back in. Uh, they moved back in years ago. This was not like something just before the election. Um, in response to multiple other of the defendant's allegations, the Georgia Secretary of State's counsel told the defendant that the Georgia Bureau of Investigation was examining all such claims and finding no merit to them. Uh, the defendant said that he needed to find. 11,780 votes and insinuated right. that the Georgia Secretary of State and his counsel could be subject to criminal prosecution if they failed to find election fraud as he demanded, stating, quote, and you're going to find more, you're going to find that they are, which is totally illegal. It's, it's, it's more illegal for you than it is for them because you know what they did and you're not reporting it. That's a criminal, you know, that's a criminal offense. And you know, uh, you better I gotta read go it back. In voice. I was getting ready to say. <laughs> um, right. And you're going to find that they are, which is totally illegal. It's, 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 it's more illegal for, the, for you than it is for them because <laughs> you know what? You know what they did and you're not reporting it. That's a criminal, you know, that's a criminal offense. And yeah. you know, you can't let that happen. That's a big risk to you. And blah, 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 your lawyer. That's right. Yes. <laughs> the uh -huh. next day on January 3rd, the defendant falsely claimed that Georgia's Secretary of State had not addressed the defendant's allegations, publicly stating that the Georgia Secretary of State was unwilling or unable to answer questions such as ballots under table scam, ballot destruction, out-of-state voters, dead voters, and more. He has no clue. <laughs> uh, on January 6th, the defendant publicly repeated the knowingly false insinuation that more than 10,300 dead people had voted in Georgia. He just, like, keeps jumping around with his numbers. That, that's how you know that's he just believes know. it. Where did these numbers come from? I, I don't think he cares. He just spouts out numbers because he, he just knows it's true. Just whatever that number is. That's He, he just said, you know, 10,000, 10,300. 10, <laughs> Oh, it's a, lot like of, a lot of dead people, a lot of stiffs, really wanting to vote. <laughs> uh, it was like um, Biden. What did he say the other day? The gas prices have gone down like two inches. <laughs> <laughs> well, he also said we've uh, we've ended cancer as we know it. Really? Oh, jeez. Really? Okay. <laughs> have we cured cancer finally? Uh, it seems like uh, probably not. Uh-huh. Exactly. Um, Michigan on November, November 5th, 2020, the defendant claimed there had been a suspicious dump of votes, purportedly illegitimate, illegitimate ballots stating in Detroit, there were hours of unexplained delay in delivering many of the votes for counting. The final batch did not arrive until four in the morning. 
even though the polls closed at eight o'clock, so they brought it in and the batches came in and nobody knows where they came from. <laughs> to- total disgrace. <laughs> that's not it. Not in the quote. No, that's but, not uh, in the quote. It's the end quote. There you <laughs> total go. disgrace. Uh, on November 20th, uh, three days before the mission, Michigan's gover- governor signed a certificate of ascertainment notifying the federal government that based on the popular vote, Biden's electors were to represent Michigan's voters. The defendant held a meeting in the Oval Office with the Speaker of the Michigan House of Representatives and the Majority Leader of the Michigan Senate. In the meeting, the defendant raised his false claim, among other, uh, among others, of an illegitimate vote dump in Detroit. In response, the Michigan uh, Senate Majority Leader told the defendant that he had lost Michigan not because of fraud but because the defendant had underperformed, under, underperformed with certain voter populations in the state. Upon leaving the meeting, the Michigan House Speaker and Michigan uh, Senate Majority Leader issued a statement reiterating this. Uh, quote, the, South, the Senate and House Oversight Committees are actively engaged in a thorough review of Michigan's election process, and we have faith in the committee uh, process to provide greater transparency and accountability to our citizens. We have not yet been made aware of any information that would change the outcome of the election in Michigan. And as legislative leaders, we will follow the law and follow the normal process regarding Michigan's electors, just as we have said throughout this election. Uh, Yeah. On December 1, the defendant raised his Michigan vote dump claim with the attorney general who responded uh, that what had occurred in Michigan had been the normal vote counting process and there was no indication of fraud in Detroit. <laughs> That's our normal vote dumping process. What are you talking about? <laughs> Despite this, the next day, I gotta take a, I gotta, gotta wet the pipes for this baby. Okay. Uh, despite this, the next day, the defendant made a knowingly false statement that in Michigan at, quote, or in Michigan, quote, at 631 in the morning, a vote dump of 149,772 votes came in (laughs) unexpectedly. We were winning by a lot. The batch was received in horror. Nobody knows anything about it. It's corrupt. Detroit is corrupt. I have a lot of friends in Detroit. They know it, but Detroit (laughs) is totally corrupt, end quote. That's where my friends all live there. They're <laughs> um, you wanna you wanna read that part starting on December four? On December fourth, co-conspirator one sent a text message to the Michigan House Speaker, reiterating his unsupported claim of election fraud and attempting to get the Michigan House Speaker to assist in reversing the ascertainment of the legitimate Biden electors, stating, "Looks like Georgia." Oh no, this is not the right guy. It's co-conspirator one. Looks like Georgia may well hold some factual hearings and change the certification. Oh, do, it, do it in a James Gandolfini voice because that's Ju- that's Giuliani. I know. I was trying to think, what does uh, Giuliani sound like? Um, oh, where'd you go? Uh, uh, let's see. So, so I need you to pass a joint resolution from the Michigan legislature that states, you know, the, the no, you were in the dispute. wrong verse. Go back ah, up. Damn it. You moved oh. me. <laughs> Uh, uh, under Article oh. Two, Section One, Clause Two of the Constitution, as co-conspirator two, explain that don't just have the right to do it, but the obligation. 
help me get this done in Michigan. Gabagool. Yeah. Similarly, on December 7th, despite still having established no fraud in Michigan, co-conspirator one sent a text intended for the Michigan State Senate. Yep. Michigan Senate Majority Leader. So I need you to pass a joint resolution from the Michigan legislature that states that the election is in dispute. And I can't see the rest of it because my picture's in the way. Mm. <laughs> There's an ongoing not. investigation by the legislature and the electors <laughs> stamped by Governor Whitmer and not the official electors of the state of Michigan don't fall within the safe harbor deadline of December 8th under the Michigan law. <laughs> <laughs> it's your uh... turn. <laughs> On December 14th, the day that electors in states across the country were required to vote and submit their votes to Congress, the Michigan House Speaker and Michigan Senate Majority Leader announced that, contrary to the defendant's request, they would not decertify the legitimate election results or electors in Michigan. The Michigan Senate Majority Leader's public statement included, quote, we have not received evidence of fraud on a scale that would change the outcome of the election in Michigan. (laughs) I mean, we got some fraud, but like not enough. <laughs> not enough. Uh, so again, you're saying there's a chance. The, the Michigan House Speaker's public statement read in part, quote, we've diligently ex- uh, examined these reports of fraud to the best of our ability. I fought hard for President Trump. Nobody wanted him to win more than me. Uh, I think he's done an incredible job. But I love our republic, too. I can't fathom risking our norms, traditions, and institutions. Same thing, pass- Arizona. Yeah, to pass a resolution retroactively changing the electors for Trump simply because some think they may there may have been enough widespread fraud to give him the win. That's as unprecedented for good reason. And that's why there is not enough support in the House to cast uh, a new slate of electors. I fear we'd lose our country forever. This would truly bring mutually assured destruction for every future election in regards to the Electoral College. And I can't stand for that. I won't. Yeah. Um, on January twenty, uh, on January sixth, twenty twenty one, the defendant publicly repeated the, his knowingly false claim regarding an illicit dump of more than a hundred thousand uh, ballots in Detroit. The part that I hate the most about this again is that they put in there false. They could mm-hmm. just say that he repeated his claim about right. an illicit, no, knowingly false. That knowingly false part just pisses me off. Mm. No, you're putting yeah, because, your own bias in there. Like we didn't know the Arizona shit was was uh, nonsense till like a year later when the team that that Trump's people hired to do the audit came out said there wasn't anything and they refused to like release <laughs> any of their like findings, you know. Right. And you're Yeah, um but yeah, at at, at that point, I mean they can say what they want, but yeah, I, I don't know. I just, he's a stubborn right. ass old man. That's, that's right. That's what I'm picking up on so far. And that's how he, how do that's how he got like that. Well, and his legal counsel was fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> like that, that's, that's more than anything. That's what I'm picking up is his legal counsel was retarded. Um, all right. So Pennsylvania. On November 11, 2020, the defendant publicly maligned a Philadelphia city commissioner for stating on the news that there was no evidence of widespread fraud in Philadelphia. As a result, the, the Philadelphia city commissioner and his family received death threats. Um, 
but were they real death threats or was it just like <laughs> was it just some What's bullshit real on death Twitter? Like was was there actual action taken towards them or was it just some idiot on Twitter is like, I'm gonna kill you and your family and Yeah, that's went, what a death threat is. And then Yeah, but like was it an actual threat? Or or was it just well, shit yeah. talking, you know? Well Um let's see. <laughs> Uh on November twenty fifth, the day after Pennsylvania's governor uh signed a certificate of ascertainment and thus certified to the federal government that Biden's electors won were the legitimate electors for the state co-conspirator one orchestrated an event at a hotel in Gettysburg appended, attended by state legislators. I think maybe this is when his hair was all. Oh, no, melting. Yeah. Maybe it was later in that. I don't know. That whole timeline is fuzzy for me. Um, <laughs> co-conspirator one falsely claimed that Pennsylvania had issued 1.8 million absentee ballots and received uh, 2.5 million in return. In the days what? thereafter, a campaign staffer wrote internally that co-conspirator one's allegation was just wrong and there's no way to defend it. Um, once again, shitty legal counsel. Um, the deputy campaign manager responded, we've been saying this for a while. It's very frustrating. Um, on December 4th, after four Republican leaders of the Pennsylvania Pennsylvania legislature issued a public statement that the General Assembly lacked the authority to overturn the popular vote and appoint its own slate of electors, and that doing so would uh, violate the state election code and constitution. The defendant retweeted a post labeling the legislators, legislators cowards. Um, of course he did. He's a well, boomer. I, I really love the how much um, like uh, schooling on the constitution we got i know during this that was good yeah i mean this is i i think this is worthwhile uh podcast so um <laughs> well this yes but i mean during the during when all this was happening in real life i know how much I, we looked up stuff a lot we we're like well how come what did they say I, I know i did a whole episode on the on the certain elect oh. elections that uh were decided by the House of Representatives and not the Electoral College, and one of them being John Adams versus Thomas yep. Jefferson. You know, like right. the the second election, right, right. Um, yeah. So, like, we learned a whole bunch, a, lo a yeah, bunch did. of stuff that I didn't know before. And um, right, well, because we've never had to see it in action. So I know, and honestly, like, all of this shit went through the legal channels and was shot down. Right. So, like, that's not a crime. As, no, as far as so I can tell. they're gonna finally get to the crime part where he led the yeah. charge, right? Um, all right, so on December 31st and January 3rd, the defendant repeatedly raised with the acting attorney general and the acting deputy attorney general. The allegation that in Pennsylvania there had been more, there had been 205,000 more votes than voters. Each time the Justice Department officials informed the def defendant that his claims were false. On January 6, 2021, the defendant publicly repeated his knowingly false claim that there had been more, there had been 205,000 more votes than voters in Pennsylvania. Um, Wisconsin, <laughs> on November 29, 2020, a recount in Wisconsin 
that the defendant's campaign had petitioned and paid for did not change the election result and, in fact, increased the defendant's margin of defeat. That's that that one sucks. <laughs> not <laughs> yeah. a, not a, not a great great no. one for for old Trumpy Bear. Um, no. <laughs> on on December fourteenth, the Wisconsin Supreme Court rejected an election challenge by the campaign. One justice wrote, "Quote: Nothing in this case casts any legitimate doubt that the people of Wisconsin lawfully chose the vi- uh, Vice President Biden and Senator Harris to be the next leaders of our great country." In quote. Ugh. Uh, on December 21st, as a result of the state Supreme Court's decision, the Wisconsin governor, who had signed a certificate of ascertainment on November 30th, identifying Biden's electors as the state's legitimate electors, signed a certificate of final determination in which he recognized the state Supreme Court had resolved a controversy regarding the appointment of Biden's electors and confirmed that Biden had received the highest number of votes in the state and that his electors were the state's uh, legitimate electors. But wasn't she the crazy lady? Uh, no, that was Michigan. The one that um, that uh, oh. allegedly was uh, going to get kidnapped, kidnapped, except yeah, except three-quarters of the people involved were feds. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. That was uh, you, Michigan. You remember when... They arrested those people out of Garden City for allegedly trying yes. to bomb the mosque. Yes. I wonder how many people in that group were feds. Yeah. Now that you because it. I mean, I mean, we know that area pretty well. We know a lot of people. Right. Right. And outside of the bitching about how the like how different the Somalians were, kind of weird. Uh, is, is usually the words that were used. They were smelly. Yeah, but outside of that, like, there there wasn't any like threat of violence against them. No, ever. nobody wanted to bomb them. I know, and so that one like came out of nowhere, and then like I I kind of bought into it, and then when this Michigan deal came out, that like oh that thing was a whole bunch of feds, and probably wouldn't well, have happened if they it- hadn't pre the people. I'm like, I wonder how many feds were involved in that that whole Garden City thing. Well, what'd they get out of it? Um, I don't, I don't know. I, I'd have to look into that one again. I, I remember when it happened, but I don't. Were. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, like that'll. We'll we'll come back to that some other time. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, let's see. The same day, in response to the court decision that had prompted the Wisconsin governor to sign a certificate of final determination, the defendant issued a tweet repeating his knowingly false claim of election fraud and demanding that the Wisconsin legislature overturn the election results that led to the ascertainment of Biden's electors as the legitimate electors. On December 27th, the defendant raised with the acting attorney general and acting deputy attorney general a specific fraud claim that there had been more votes than voters in Wisconsin. The acting Deputy Attorney General informed the defendant that the claim was false. False! Yeah. On January 6, 2021, the defendant publicly repeated knowingly false claims that there had been tens of thousands of unlawful votes in Wisconsin. Um, once again, that that was at a at a rally, at a protest, and... He's still the sitting president of the United States, and he's right. So he's an elected official, 
who have far more like lenient first amendment protections than the average <laughs> citizen because That's it's protected Trump. political speech, you know. That's Trump. <laughs> um so even if he even if he knew they were false and he repeated them, like that that's still his right to do so under the First Amendment. Right. I agree. Um, and, you know, uh, politicians lie publicly all the fucking time. All the time. All the time. All the time. Right. Um, Their job. Okay. So the defendant's use of dishonesty, fraud, and deceit to organize fraudulent slates of electors and cause them to transmit false, certifi- uh, oh, okay. false certificates to Congress. Um, as the defendants attempt to obstruct the electoral vote through deceit of state officials met with repeated failure beginning in early December 2020, he and co-conspirators de- developed a new plan. To marshal individuals who had served as the defendant's electors had he won the popular vote in seven targeted states. Arizona, Georgia, Michigan, Nevada, New Mexico, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. And caused those individuals to make and send to the vice president and Congress false certification that they were the legitimate electors. Um, Under the plan, I I guess... I guess that would be an act of fraud, but I mean, like, so say, say you're a 18 year old kid with a, uh, with a fake ID and uh-huh. they catch you with a fake ID. Uh-huh. Like you, maybe you get like a little larger fine and a little longer probation, but like typically you're not going to jail for that shit. And that's kind of along the same thing. Like it's a, it's like a forgery, but like it didn't work though you know so well so would he be uh if it did work you think he should be charged harder mm, i don't know i think you should be charged either way like i I, that that one i i guess that one kind of kind of makes sense even though it didn't work he did pressure them to make I, i mean i i still don't i don't I guess I don't know the law enough to to really huh. hmm. right. A fake controversy. Well and he he convinced them to go ahead and and send their results in to Mike Pence, which I, I'm guessing it was bearing some sort of seal of the state that they that they were from maybe yeah and which that would be falsifying you know public you know state documents but yeah and if he i maybe but then maybe he didn't but, do but it. even so the that that would be a whoever did it they did. um I, I guess what would make it a federal crime is he sent it to the congress and he sent it to the vice president had they just done it on their or just kept it within their state, but then if they if they kept it in their state, there would have been. Uh-huh. It wouldn't have made a difference at the the federal level. So I mean, maybe maybe yeah. if they can prove it. Huh. And, and I mean, I think that part's actually pretty well known that he did recruit these people. Oh my gosh! Okay. Um. 
I don't know. I I mean, it seems pretty ticky tacky to me, but I know they're uh, this is our this is our tax dollars hard at work here. You know, yeah, uh, that's, that's awesome. Um, let's see. Under the plan, the submission of the of these fraudulent slates would create a fake controversy as the certification proceeding at the per- certification proceeding and position the vice president presiding on January 6th, the president of the Senate to supplant the legitimate electors with the defendant's fake electors and and certify the defendant as president. That's the part that's the most corny to me. Yeah, I I don't know how. I mean, because the legit electors would know they were legit and that something was wrong and they would say something. It's like whoever gets there the fastest, whoever's the quickest is the winner. That's not how it works. Well, and also kind of it goes to like the blind following of your leaders, like all these people that that went ahead and went along with it are like. Right. You guys had to know this was bullshit beforehand. Right. And then the people and, who, who were the legit electors, they knew they were legit. They had to, they were going to speak up. They weren't going to be like, well, okay, never mind. And, and you know, like most of the craziest people that, that went along with this, this election nonsense got voted out the next term. Mm, like, true. like in pretty large numbers, you know, our, uh, our secretary of state got voted out. Um, yeah. There, the like Pennsylvania lost the governor, uh, because because their their guy was super, uh, you know, super election dude, and right. I I don't know. It just it seems like the price has already been paid. You know, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I was I was talking with Doug this today and. I said, you know, it it can't be any middle ground. You have to prosecute them all or prosecute none. Prosecute them none. Yeah. Yeah, you can't you can't selectively prosecute. You no, have to how do you, it's, it's right. all or none. And yeah, I, I don't know. And like we're we're not even even delving into the the Biden nonsense. This oh is this is gosh. just all rehashing of the the stop the steal stuff and I don't know. It's uh, it's right. interesting. Um, the plan capitalized on ideas presented in memoranda drafted by co-conspirator five, an attorney who was assisting the defendant's campaign with legal efforts related to a recount in Wisconsin. The memoranda evolved over time from a legal strategy to preserve the defendant's rights to a corrupt plan to subvert the federal government function by stopping Biden electors' votes from being counted and certified as followed. All right, so maybe this will answer my question. Yeah. Uh, A, the November 18th memorandum, the Wisconsin memo, uh, as it'll be known uh, further in the, the document, advocated that because of the ongoing recount in Wisconsin, the defendants' electors there should meet and cast votes on December fourteenth, the date uh, the date that the ECA required appointed electors to vote to preserve the alternative of the defendants' Wisconsin elector slate. In the event, in the event the defendant ultimately prevailed in the state, okay, <laughs> I don't. That seems legit, though. Yeah, I don't. That that seems like um, that seems like they're being prudent. 
right. particularly since there was a an ongoing lawsuit. Right. Um, the December 6th memorandum, fraudulent elective memo, uh, marked a sharp departure from co-conspirator 5's Wisconsin memo, advocating... Okay, so this is where it turned criminal, apparently. Um, advocating that the alternative electors originally conceived of to preserve rights in Wisconsin instead be used in a number of states as fraudulent electors to prevent Biden from receiving the 270 electoral votes necessary to secure the presidency on January 6th. The fraudulent elector memo suggested that the defendants electors in six purported uh, contested states, Arizona, Georgia, Michigan, Nevada, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. Remember how long it took to to get votes here? Yeah, that was, frustrating. That was insane. Yes. Um, sh- should meet and mimic as best the uh, possible actions of the legitimate Biden electors. And that on January 6th, the vice president should open and count the fraudulent votes, uh, setting up a fake controversy that would derail the proper certification of Biden as president elect. But that would be a real controversy, not a fake controversy. Right. <sighs> um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what happened with my my camera there. Either, no, what happened? What are you doing? I switched. I didn't to my, know that was an my, option. There we go. We're back. We're back, okay. baby. Um, the December 9th memorandum fraudulent fraudulent elector instructions consisted of co-conspirator five's instructions on how fraudulent electors could mimic uh, legitimate electors in Arizona. Oh, Georgia. whoever co-conspirator five is, is the one who became involved now and is making a whole bunch of shit. He fucked everything up. Or she. I think so. Or whoever or they she. are. Probably a she, if we're being honest. It's, it's probably I doubt it. Let's keep reading and see if they say he or she. Uh, co-conspirator five. Not that five. it matters. It's 2023. He could be she. True. Co-conspirator five noted that in some states it would be virtually impossible for the fraudulent electors to successfully take the same steps as the legitimate electors because state law required formal participation in the process by state officials or access to official resources. Um, uh, The plan began in early December and ultimately the conspirators and the uh, the defendant's campaign took the Wisconsin memo <coughs> and expanded it to any state that the defendant <coughs> claimed was contested, even New Mexico, not New Mexico, <laughs> which the defendant had lost by more than 10% of the popular vote. No. This expansion was forecast by emails to the defendant's chief of staff sent on December 6th, forwarding the Wisconsin memo to ca- campaign staff and writing, we just need to have some coordinating uh, coordinating on the electors for states. Someone uh, wanna... coordinating the electors for states. Yeah, you want to read Whoever that Whoever Co-Conspirator 5 is, once I've seen their name in this uh, whole thing, that's when I've seen a lot of sketchy shit. Shit disturber, Co-Conspirator 5, yeah. I say. I agree. Because before it was like, well, let's go see. Let's go ask them. Did you have any dead voters? Okay, a couple. I mean, all of that. Co-conspirator one, co-conspirator two. But here's co-conspirator five. And all of a sudden it's like, let's um, let's give everyone fake IDs. Oh, okay. Yep. Uh, yeah, fraudulent um, uh, passports. Yeah. 
On December 6th, the defendant and co-conspirator 2 called the chairwoman of the Republican National Committee to ensure that the plan was in motion. During the call, co-conspirator 2 told the chairwoman that it was important for the RNC to help to help the defendant's campaign gather electors in targeted states and falsely represented to her that such electors' votes would be used only if uh, ongoing litigation in one of the states changed the results of, uh, in the defendant's favor. Okay. After the RNC chairwoman consulted the campaign and heard that the work on gathering electors was underway, she called and reported this to this information to the defendant, who responded approvingly. He nodded approvingly. Very good. Very, very good. Very nice. Good he work. Does a good work. Total loyalty. Never That's what I like. You this is huge. Spot my next cabinet. This is huge. Um, on December 7th, Co-Conspirator 1 received the Wisconsin Memo and the Fraudulent Elector Memo. Co-Conspirator 1 spoke with Co-Conspirator 6 regarding okay. attorneys who could assist in the fraudulent elector effort in the targeted states. And he received from Co-Conspirator 6 an email uh, identifying attorneys in Arizona, Georgia, Michigan, Nevada, New Mexico, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. Uh, the next day, on December 8th, Co-Conspirator 5 called the Arizona attorney on uh, Co-Conspirator 6's list. In an email after the call, the Arizona attorney recounted his conversation with Co-Conspirator 5 as follows. Um, I just talked to the gentleman who did the memo, or who did that memo. Uh, his idea is <clears throat> basically that all of us, uh, Georgia, Wisconsin, Arizona, Pennsylvania, etc., have our electors send in their votes. Even though the votes aren't legal under federal law because they're not signed by the governor. So that, yeah, so all those electors... They can they can cast their vote however they want, but they're only counted if they're uh, certified by state official. In most of those states, it's the governor. Right. <laughs> I think it might be in the all the states eventually, or the, or the secretary of state. Well, I think it's the secretary of state that um, like compiles the report, and then the governor either signs off on on it or they don't. And but oh, I, I believe it's the governor that's the final final voice that um that sends it up to to the feds um because they're not signed by the governor so that con members of congress can fight about whether they should be counted on january 6th they could pin potentially argue that they're not bound by federal law because they're congress and make the law etc kind of wild slash creative i'm happy to discuss my comment to him is, I guess there's no harm in it, legally at least, i.e., we would just be sending in fake electoral votes to Pence so that someone in Congress can make an objection when they start counting vo votes and start arguing that the fake votes should be counted. So once again, shitty legal counsel. Yeah, like, how does that even make sense? Yeah, and I also, I don't, I don't necessarily agree with it. I mean, it's like, I, I mean, it doesn't seem like there's anything illegal about it. All we're doing is like sending this up there and making them argue about it. And, uh, and 
you know, Congress will will sort it out in the end. And it, so it's kind of like, ah, I mean, it's what the boss wants to do. We'll do it. But it seems like a dumb idea. Yeah. Um, okay. At Co-Conspirator 1's direction on December 10th, Co-Conspirator 5 uh, sent to points of contact in all targeted states except Wisconsin, which already received his memos, and New Mexico, a streamlined version of the Wisconsin memo which did not reveal the intended fraudulent use of the defendant's electors and the fraudulent elector instructions along with fraudulent elector certificates that he had drafted. The next day on December 11th through co-conspirator five, co-conspirator one suggested that their Arizona lawyer file a petition for uh, certiori in the Supreme Court as a pretext to claim that Litigation was pending in the state to provide cover for convening and voting for the convening and voting of the defendants' fraudulent electors there. Uh, Co-conspirator 5 explained that Co-conspirator 1 had heard from a state official and state provisional elector that it could appear treasonous for the Arizona electors to vote Monday if there is no pending court proceeding. Huh. huh. Well, that's... um. That's a problematic statement for, for old Trumpy. Right. Um, I wonder if they let him know that or if this is, uh, you know, because if they didn't tell Trump that, then like he did he know better? Um, right. to, to manage the plan in Pennsylvania on December 12th, co-conspirator one, co-conspirator five and co-conspirator six participated in a conference call organized by the defendant's campaign with the defendant's electors in the state. When the defendant's electors expressed concern about signing certificates representing themselves as legitimate electors, co-conspirator one falsely assured them that their certificates would be used only if the defendant succeeded in litigation. Subsequently, co-conspirator six circulated a proposed conditional language to the effect to that effect for potential inclusion in the fraudulent elector certificates. The campaign huh. official cautioned not to offer the conditional language language to other states uh, because the other states are signing what he prepared. If it gets out, we change the language for PA. It could snowball. In some cases, the defendant's electors refuse to participate in the plan. Okay. Huh. Huh. Yeah. Um, it's starting to seem like maybe there's a little bit of a case there. Right, this is but, what I'm saying. Now, this part seems sketchy. Yeah. But it also seems like it it went on behind his back. Well, again, how much... Uh, imagine how much shit's going on behind Biden's back. Oh, everything's going on behind Biden's back. Exactly. He doesn't know where the fuck he's at. Um, Jeez. On the um on December thirteenth, December thirteenth, the defendant asked the senior campaign advisor. No, you got to read that whole thing. Sixty-two. Okay, on December thirteenth, co-conspirator five uh, sent co-conspirator one an email memorandum that further confirmed the conspirators' plan was not to use the fraudulent electors only in the circumstance that the defendant's litigation was successful in one of the targeted states. 
Instead, the plan was to falsely present the fraudulent slates as an alternative to the legitimate slates at Congress's certification proceedings. That doesn't make sense. Come on. Yeah. Um. So was this at the at at the direction of Trump, or was this? Yeah, co-conspirator number five. Right, and then Rudy going along with it because he likes the limelight. I don't know. Yeah. Right. On December thirteenth. The defendant asked the senior campaign advisor for an update on what was going on with the elector plan and directed him to put put out a statement on electors. As a result, co-conspirator one directed the senior campaign advisor to join a conference call with him, co-conspirator six, and others. When the senior campaign advisor related these developments in text messages to the deputy campaign manager, a senior advisor to the defendant and a campaign staffer, the deputy, uh, the deputy campaign manager responded, uh, quote, here's the thing, the way this has morphed, it's a crazy place, so I don't know who wants to put their names on it. Right. The senior advisor wrote, uh, quote, certifying illegal votes, end quote. In turn, the participants in the group text ref uh, message refused to have a statement regarding electors attributed to their names because none of them could stand by it. Could, quote, stand by it. Unquote. Unquote. Um, also on December 13th, at a campaign staffer's request, co-conspirator 5 drafted and sent fraudulent elector certificates for the defendant's electors in New Mexico, which had not uh, previously been among the targeted states. And there was no pending litigation on the defendant's behalf. The next day, the defendant's campaign filed an election challenge suit in New Mexico at 11.54 a.m. Six minutes before the noon deadline for the electors' votes as a pretext so that there was pending litigation there at the time the fraudulent electors voted. So they covered uh, their uh, ass, right? Yeah, they did. Isn't that what I'm... I mean, that's what I'm gathering. Yep. Yeah. That seems conspiratorial. Yeah. Yeah. Um, on December 14th, uh, the legitimate electors of all 50 states and the District of Columbia met in their respective jurisdictions to formally cast their votes for president, resulting in a total of 232 electoral votes for the defendant and 306 for Biden. The legitimate electoral votes that Biden won in the states that the defendant targeted and the defendant's margin of defeat were as follows. Arizona, 11 uh, electoral votes, 10,457 votes. Georgia, with 16 electoral votes, 11,779 votes. Michigan, 16 electoral votes, uh, 154,188 votes. Uh, Nevada, with six electoral votes, 33,596 votes. New Mexico, five electoral votes, 99,720 votes. Um, Pennsylvania was 20 electoral votes, 80,555 votes. And Wisconsin with 10 electoral votes and uh, 20,682 votes. Um, so really, it was uh, Michigan was the one that was not all that close at all. Everything else was under 100,000. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. Um, Georgia was pretty the, close. He was right. Yeah. Um, Arizona was close. It was, yeah, Arizona was close. Uh, Georgia was close. 
Nevada was close-ish, but not not as close as as it would seem. New Mexico, not real close. Pennsylvania was real close, and uh, and Wisconsin was pretty close too. But yeah. Um. Uh, so on the same day, at the direction of the defendant and co-conspirator one, fraudulent electors convened sham proceedings in the seven targeted states to cast fraudulent electoral in favor of the defendants in some states in order to satisfy legal requirements set forth uh, for legitimate electors under state law. State officials were enlisted to provide uh, fraudulent electors access to state capitol buildings so that they could gather and vote there. Uh In many cases, however, as co-conspirator five had predicted in the fraudulent elector instructions, the fraudulent electors were unable to satisfy the legal requirements. Right. So they did a shitty job. Again. Um, nonetheless, as directed in the fraudulent elector instructions, shortly after the fraudulent electors on, met on December 14th, the targeted states' fraudulent elector certificates were mailed to the President of the Senate, the Archivist of the United States, and others. The defendant and co-conspirators ultimately used the certificates of these fraudulent electors to deceitfully target and target the government function and did so contrary to how fraudulent electors were told they would be used. Interesting. <coughs> hmm. Yeah, All right, come on. Well, <coughs> now you might actually have a, a case. Um, yeah, that was, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, unlike those of the fraudulent electors consistent with the ECA, the le- legitimate electors signed certificates, uh, the legitimate electors signed certificates were annexed to the state executive's certificates of ascertainment before being sent to the president of the Senate and others. Um, That evening at 6.26 p.m., the RNC chairwoman forwarded to the defendant through his executive assistant an an email titled Elector's Recap uh, Final, which represented that the six contested states, Arizona, Georgia, Michigan, Nevada, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin, the defend defendants uh the defendants electors had voted in parallel to Biden's electors. <clears throat> the defendant's executive assistant responded, It's in front of him. Um <laughs> the defendants attempt to leverage the Justice Department to use deceit to get state officials to replace legitimate electors and electoral votes with the defendants. Uh, in late December 2020, the defendant attempted to use the Justice Department to make knowingly false claims of election fraud in officials targeted states through a formal letter under acting Attorney General's signature, yet thus giving the defendant's lies the backing of the federal government and attempting to improperly influence the targeted states to replace legitimate Biden electors with the defendants. Um through a formal letter under the acting attorney general's signature. So did I know. So, so did he sign it, it legit, or did they, it? did he just sign a blank piece of paper and they filled it in or did and he actually they, sign it? I know. Um, I mean, it but makes it, says it legit, doesn't under it? Under the acting attorney general's signature. So is that where the fraud comes in? Because it was not the attorney general that signed it or, or he didn't actually sign off on it or, or I, I don't know. Uh, but Weird. he did. Uh, <clears throat> well, it just, 
It just says under the acting attorney general's signature. But the acting attorney general is not one of the co-conspirators involved. Right. So did he actually sign it or did they sign it? Or did they take like a pre-signed, you know, piece of letterhead or something? That seems risky to have pre-signed letterhead just hanging around. Well, you would think so. You would think so. Um, On December 22nd, uh, the defendant met with co-conspirator four at the White House. Co-conspirator four had not informed his leadership. All right. So that's a dude. At the Justice Department right. of the meeting, which was a violation of the Justice Department's written written policy, restricting contacts with the White House to guard against improper political influence. Hmm. Okay. Well, well, who was that? Yeah, I don't know. Hmm. See, co-conspirator four is trouble. Well, five was the the trouble someone. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, look at what co-conspirator four does. Keep going. Yeah. That's true. Uh, On December 26th, co-conspirator four spoke on the phone with the acting attorney general and lied about the circumstances of his meeting with the defendant at the White House, falsely falsely claiming that the meeting had been unplanned. Oh, the the acting attorney general directed co-conspirator four not to have unauthorized contacts with the White House again. And co-conspirator four said he would not. Interesting. Yeah. The next morning on December 27th, contrary to the acting attorney general's direction, co-conspirator four spoke with the defendant on the defendant's cell phone for nearly three minutes. Goodness. Three minutes. That might as well be an eternity. That's ridiculous. Uh, That afternoon, the defendant called the acting attorney general and acting deputy attorney general and said, among other things, people tell me co-conspirator four is great. I should put him in. The the defendant also raised multiple false claims of election fraud, which the acting attorney general and acting deputy attorney general refuted when the acting attorney general told the defendant that the Justice Department could not and would not change the outcome of the election. The defendant responded, just say that the election was corrupt and leave the rest to me and the Republican Congress. Don't worry, I'll know what to say. You're fired. Leave it to me. I'll, uh-huh. I'll do it right. Just ask anybody. I always have the best words. <laughs> um, on December 28th, co-conspirator four sent a draft letter to the acting attorney general and acting deputy attorney general, which he proposed they all sign. The draft was addressed to state uh, officials in Georgia and co-conspirator four proposed sending versions of the letter to elected officials in other targeted states. The letter contained numerous knowingly false claims about the election and the Justice Department, including that, A, the Justice Department had identified significant concerns that may have impacted the outcome of elections in multiple states. Uh, B, the Justice Department believed that in Georgia and other states, two valid slates of electors had gathered at the proper location on December 14th, and that both sets of ballots had been transmitted to Congress. (laughs) <laughs> that is, co-conspirator four's letter <coughs> sought to advance the defendant's fraudulent elector plan by using the authority of the Justice Department to falsely yeah. present the fraudulent electors as a valid alternative to the legitimate electors. Okay, so this might be something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
that one sounds like maybe co-conspirator four should yep. uh, be prosecuted pretty heavily. Exactly, along with co-conspirator five. Mm-hmm. Um, did it say anything up there about Trump directing him to do that though? No, it doesn't sound like it. And just just say the election was. Correct he does it on his own. He calls the, the attorney general and lies. It says. Hmm. Yeah. Um. Okay. The Justice Department urge uh, urged the state legislature to convene a special legislative session to create the opportunity to, among other things, choose the fraudulent electors over the legitimate electors. The acting inter- deputy attorney general promptly responded to co-conspirator four by email and told him that his proposed letter was false writing. Despite dramatic claims to the contrary, we have not seen the type of fraud that calls into question uh, the reported and certified results of the election. In a meeting shortly thereafter, the acting attorney general and acting deputy attorney general again directed co-conspirator four not to have unauthorized contract contact with the White House. On December 31st, the defendant summoned to the Oval Office the acting attorney general, acting deputy attorney general, and other advisors. In the meeting, the defendant again raised claims about election fraud that the Justice Department officials already told him were not true and that senior Justice Department officials reiterated were false and suggested he might change the leadership in the Justice Department. Um, on January 2nd, 2021, just four days before the Congress's uh, certification proceeding, co-conspirator Ford tried to coerce the acting attorney general and acting deputy attorney general to sign and send co-conspirator Ford's draft letter, which contained false statements to state officials. He what? told him that the defendant was considering making co-conspirator for the new acting attorney general but that co-conspirator four would decline the defendant's offer if acting, if the acting attorney general <clears throat> and acting deputy attorney general would agree to send the proposed letter to targeted states. The Justice Department officials refused. Huh. Ha. Huh. huh. Yeah, this co-conspirator four seems like a little, little bit of a shitbag. Yeah, right. Um... The next morning on January 3rd, despite having uncovered no additional evidence of election fraud, co-conspirator four sent to uh, a Justice Department colleague an edited version of his draft letter to the states, which included a change from its previous claim that the Justice Department had concerns to a stronger claim that as of today, there is evidence of significant irregularities that may have impacted the outcome of the election in multiple states. Mm. Okay, well, that one... Yeah. That one seems squarely on the, the shoulders of this co-conspirator four guy. Right. Also, on the morning of January 3rd, co-conspirator four met with the defendant at the White House again. Uh, at the White House again, without having informed senior Justice Department officials and accepted the defendant's offer that he become acting attorney general. Um, huh, who is it? Um, look it up on your phone real quick. So Trump's last oh attorney general. How many did uh, he have? Mm, I think he had three. 
maybe maybe four. He had Jeff Sessions uh, was his first one. Then it went to Bill Barr. Um, and then I think there was two after that, maybe. I can't remember for sure. Um, um, on the Bill afternoon. Barr, Sally Yates, Dana. Oh, yeah, no. Sally Yates was the one that she uh, she stepped in uh, after Bill Barr resigned, and then who was after that? Um, I don't know. Let me see. Sally Yates was uh, was an Obama appointee, if I remember right. And Trump, being the the genius that he is, you know, going to drain the swamp, didn't even bother to clean house at the. At the DOJ. I know. No, it just says um, Bill Barr. His last day in office was December twenty third, twenty twenty. Okay, um, but it doesn't so then, have. So then Sally Yates was after him, and maybe the the other guy never took office. I don't remember. Well, sure, Bill but... Barr was there the whole time. Um, I think he was there after Jeff Sessions. Jeff Sessions was the first one. Like that was uh that was his incoming. Um and then he recused himself from the whole Russia gate bullshit and um there's anyways, been so six. Uh Monty Wilkinson. Hmm. No, so it was, he was January twentieth to March eleventh. Oh, so that yeah, that'd have been under Biden. Yeah, uh, Jeffrey Rosen. That was also under Biden, right? Um, where was he <clears throat> there? Uh, December twenty fourth, twenty twenty to January twentieth, twenty twenty one. So like two uh, weeks. So, so that would have been co-conspirator four. Um. <clears throat> oh, okay. Yeah. Um, on the afternoon Jeffrey of January. Jeffrey Rosen, acting lawyer, Massachusetts. Yeah, so that and Bill that Barr had two terms. Oh yeah, he because he was under um HW as well. Jeez. Yeah. Um, on the afternoon of January third, co-conspirator four spoke with the uh, deputy White House counsel. Uh, the previous month, Deputy White House Counsel informed the defendant that there is no world, there is no option in which you do not leave the White House on January 20th. Well, that's now, what Co-Conspirator 4 said? Uh, no, that's what the Deputy White House Counsel told Co-Conspirator 4. And, or no, he uh, he told that to Trump. And uh, so now... The same deputy White House counsel tried to dissuade co-conspirator four from assuming the role of acting attorney general. The deputy White House counsel reiterated to co-conspirator four that there had not been outcome determinative fraud in the election and that if the defendant remained in office nonetheless, there would be riots in every major city in the United States. <clears throat> co-conspirator four responded well deputy white house counsel that's why there's an uh insurrection act all right so this guy seems like a real shit bag <laughs> um also that afternoon co-conspirator four met with the acting attorney general and told him that the defendant had decided to put 
Co-conspirator 4 in charge of the Justice Department, the acting attorney general, responded that he would not accept being fired by a, subo uh, by a subordinate, a subordinate yes. and immediately scheduled a meeting with the defendant for that evening. That was Bill Barr. Okay. I thought he was December 23rd, you said. Who? Bill Barr. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, he was the uh, attorney general. Yeah, but that w we're on like uh, January 3rd. I thought he was out of there on December 23rd. Yeah, but co-conspirator number four is Jeffrey Rosen. Mm-hmm. I think so. So that afternoon, co-conspirator four, what afternoon was it? Um, <clears throat> that was on um, January 3rd. Well, then co-conspirator number four can't be Jeffrey Rosen if Jeffrey Rosen is the acting attorney general. Uh, no, Sally Yates, I believe, at the time. No, was she was the ah, attorney general in 2017. Oh, okay. Okay. Let me see. So, Attorneys general. I had the list and then I just logged out. Jeff Sessions, Bill Barr, attorney generals. Um... I had the list a second ago. I don't know. It says to present. Um, that doesn't make sense, does it? Hmm. Well, I don't think there was an official attorney general between Bill Barr and Merrick Garland. I think they were all acting. Well, that's what I was about to see. I was looking at them a minute ago, and then I... Yeah. Um, the acting attorney general responded that he would not accept being fired by a subordinate and immediately scheduled a meeting with the defendant for that evening. Okay, um, hold evening on. Of, okay. It went like this. Um, Jeff Sessions? Mm-hmm. Um, so who was in there when... Trump got into the office. That would have been... Yeah. Sally Yates, she was acting attorney general. And then Dana Botney, Bonte, hmm. for like a week, acting attorney general. And then Jeff Sessions, mm -hmm. from February 7, 2017 to November 2018. And then Matthew Whitaker was acting attorney general from November 7th to February 2019. That's when November Bill Barr. 2018 to February 2019. And then Bill Barr from February 14th, 2019 to December 23rd, 2020. And then Jeffrey Rosen. Okay. From December 24th, 2020 to January 20th, 2021. Okay. All right. So this, this co-conspirator four never actually became acting. Yeah. So 
then they're not. All right. So the acting attorney general we're we're referencing here is that Jeffrey Rosen guy. Yeah. So I don't know who this co-conspirator for is. I I can't. Like I said, I don't remember the. Uh, on the evening of January 3rd, the defendant met for a briefing on an overseas national security issue with the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff and other senior national security advisors. The chairman briefed the defendant on the issue, which had previously arisen in December, as well as pop- possible ways the defendant could handle it. When the chairman and another advisor recommended that the defendant take no action because Inauguration Day was only 17 days away and any course of action could trigger something unhealthful, the defendant calmly agreed, stating, Yeah, you're right. It's too late for us. We're going to give that to the next guy. Um, the defendant moved immediately from this national security briefing to the meeting with the acting attorney general uh, that the acting attorney general had requested earlier that day, which included co-conspirator four, the acting attorney general, the acting deputy attorney general, the Justice Department's Assistant Journey Attorney General for the Office of Legal Counsel, the White House Counsel, a Deputy White House Counsel, and a Senior Damn. Advisor. Yeah, rolling out the, the red carpet there. Yeah. At the meeting, the defendant expressed frustration with Acting Attorney General for failing to do anything to overturn the election results, and the group discussed co-conspirator Four's plans to investigate purported election fraud and send his proposed letter to state officials. He already did, though. Yeah, a copy of which was provided to the defendant during the meeting. The defendant relented in his plan to replace the acting attorney general with co-conspirator four only when he was told that that it would result in uh, mass resignations at the Justice Department and and of his own White House counsel. Hmm. So he came to his senses when they said, we're all going to fucking quit if you do this. Right. Uh, at the meeting in the Oval Office on the night of January 3rd, co-conspirator four suggested that the Justice Department should opine that the vice president could exceed his lawful authority during the certification proceedings, proceeding and change that election outcome. When the assistant uh, attorney general for the Office of Legal Counsel began to explain why the Justice Department should not do so, the defendant said, no one here should be talking to the vice president. Oh, this is Trump. No one right. here should be talking to the vice president. I'm talking to the vice president. Discussion. <laughs> uh, the defendant's attempt to enlist the vice president to fraudulently alter the election results uh, at the January 6th certification proceeding. As the January 6th congressional certification proceeding approached and other efforts to impair, obstruct, and defeat the federal government function failed, the defendant sought to enlist the vice president to use his ceremonial role at the certification to fraudulently alter the election results. Um, I don't know that they're 100% correct that it's strictly a ceremonial role. I know. So I was going to ask you about that ceremonial. Like, you can call it largely ceremonial because he does, typically they don't do much, but it's not like an abjectly ceremonial role. Like, he does serve a purpose, I, I think. Right? I don't think it's um, just... Um, the defendant did this first by using knowingly false claims of election fraud to convince the vice president to accept the defendant's fraudulent electors reject legitimate electoral votes or send legitimate electoral votes to state legislatures for a review rather than count them. 
When that failed, the defendant attempted to use a crowd of supporters that he had gathered in Washington, D.C. to pressure the vice president to fraudulently alter the election results. Um, On December 19th, 2020, after cultivating widespread anger and resentment for weeks with his knowingly false claims of election fraud, the defendant urged his supporters to travel to Washington on the day of the certification proceeding, tweeting, Big protest in D.C. on January 6th. Be there. We'll be wild. (laughs) Throughout late December, he repeatedly urged his supporters to come to Washington for January 6th, which is also not a crime. No. Um, On December 23rd, the defendant retweeted a memo titled Operation Pence Card, which falsely asserted that the vice president could, among other things, unilaterally disqualify legitimate electors from six targeted states. On the same day, co-conspirator two circulated a two-page memorandum outlining the plan for the vice president to unlawfully declare the defendant the certified winner of the presidential election. In the memorandum, co-conspirator two claimed that seven states had transmitted two slates of electors and proposed that the vice president announced that because of the ongoing disputes in the seven states, that there are no electors that can deemed that can be deemed validly appointed in those states. Okay. Which is patently false because the governor had already certified all of them. Yeah, except for at least co-conspirator 2 is like staying along the lines of the law. <laughs> right. Whereas Next. co-conspirator 4 was just like blatantly sending false information. Yeah, and co-conspirator five was like, ah, don't worry about the states. We'll let the we'll let the Congress figure it out. Yeah, you know? right. Um, which is like the most anti-conservative position ever. Like, you let the states figure it out. Fuck the feds, you know. Like, don't tell right. the feds to to butt out. Right. <laughs> um. Next, co-conspirator two proposed steps that he acknowledged violated the ECA, advocating that in the end, uh, Pence then gavels President Trump as re-elected. Just two months earlier, earlier on October 11th, co-conspirator two had taken the opposite position, writing that neither the Constitution nor the ECA provided the president discretion in, count, the in the counting president. of the vice president. In, uh, provided the vice president discretion in counting in the counting of electoral votes or permitted him to quote, make the, the term, the determination his on his own. Right. End quote. Um, on several private phone calls in late December and early January, the defendant repeatedly no repeated knowingly false claims of election fraud and directly pressure, pressured the vice president to use his ceremonial role at, like I said, it's not necessarily a ceremonial ceremonial. Yeah. Um, at the certification pr- proceeding on January 6th, the fraudulently overturned the results of the election and the vice president resisted, including on December 25th, when the vice president called the defendant to wish him a Merry Christmas, the defendant quickly turned the conversation to January 6th and his request that the vice president rejects uh, electoral votes that day. The vice president pushed back, telling the defendant, as the vice president had ar- already had in pre- previous conversations, you know, I don't think I have the authority to change the outcome. On December 29th, as reflected in the vice president's contemporaneous notes, 
the defendant, defendant falsely told the vice president that the Justice Department was finding major infractions. <laughs> on, on January 1st, the defendant called the vice president and berated him because he learned that the vice president had opposed the lawsuit seeking a judicial oh, decision. I hope there's a quote here. That at the certification, the vice president had the authority to reject or return votes to the states under the Constitution. The vice president responded that he thought there was no constitutional basis for the authority and that it was improper. In response, the defendant told the vice president, you're too honest. <laughs> Within hours of the conversation, the defendant reminded his uh, supporters to meet in Washington before the cer uh, certification proceeding, tweeting, the big protest rally in Washington, D.C. will take place 11 a.m. on January 6th. Locational details to follow. Stop the steal. <laughs> On January 3rd, the defendant again told the vice president at the, that at the certification proceeding, the vice president had the absolute right to reject electoral votes and the ability to overturn the election. The vice president responded that he had no such authority and that a federal appeals court had rejected the lawsuit, uh, making that claim the previous day. Um, on January 3rd, co-conspirator 2 circulated a second memorandum that included a new plan under which, contrary to the ECA, the vice president would send the elector slates to the state legislatures to determine which slate to count. On January 4th, the defendant held a meeting with co-conspirator 2, the vice president, the vice president's chief of staff, and the vice president's counsel for the purpose of uh, convincing the vice president, based on the defendant's knowingly <laughs> false claims of election fraud, that the vice president should reject or send to the states Biden's legitimate electoral votes rather than count them. Uh, the defendant deliberately excluded his White House counsel from the meeting because the White House counsel had previously pushed back on the defendant's uh, false claims of election fraud. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he just he's just uh standing up for his white house council man the one to get him in trouble yeah right you don't need, you don't need to know about this he doesn't want to hear no this just uh just me and the boys talking here don't even worry about it uh during the meeting as reflected in the vice president's contemporaneous notes the defendant made knowingly false claims of election fraud including bottom line won every state by hundreds of thousands of votes and we won every state and asked regarding a uh, claim to a senior dis uh, Justice Department officials previously had told him was false, including as recently as the night before. What about 205,000 votes more in Pennsylvania than voters? The dependent, defendant and co-conspirator, too, then asked the vice president to either unilaterally re uh, reject the legitimate electors from seven, the seven targeted states or send the question of which slate was legitimate to the targeted state's legislatures. When the vice president challenged uh, co-conspirator two, whether the po proposal to return the question to the states was defensible, the co-conspirator co two responded, well, nobody's tested it before. The <laughs> vice president then told the defendant, did you hear that? Even your own counsel is not saying I have that authority. The defendant responded, that's okay. I prefer the other suggestion. Of the vice president rejecting the uh, of the vice president rejecting the electors <laughs> unilaterally. That's okay. I prefer the other suggestion. 
Uh, January 4th, when co-conspirators. What, what page are we on? 35. 10 pages. We're getting there. On January yeah. 4th, when co-conspirators. Your kids are like, when is it bedtime? I told them to go to bed, but they're like, it's, we can't go to bed. <laughs> Um, also on January 4th, when co-conspirator two acknowledged to the defendant's senior advisor that no court would support his proposal, the senior advisor told co-conspirator two, you're going to cause riots in the street. Co-conspirator two responded that there had previously been points in the nation's history when, where violence was necessary to protect the Republic. After that conversation, the senior advisor notified the defendant that co-conspirator two had conceded that his plan was, quote, not going to work. Mm. On the morning of January 5th, at the defendant's direction, the vice president's chief of staff and the vice president's counsel met again with co-conspirator 2. Co-conspirator 2 now advocated that the vice president do what the defendant said he had preferred the day before, unilaterally reject electors from the targeted states. During this meeting, co-conspirator 2 privately acknowledged to the vice president's counsel that he hoped to prevent prevent judicial review of his proposal because he understood that it would be unanimously rejected by the Supreme Court. The vice mm. presidential counsel, president's counsel expressed uh, to co-conspirator two that the following, that following through with the proposal would result in a disastrous situation where the election might have to be decided in the streets. Ooh. That same day, the defendant encouraged supporters to travel to Washington on January 6th, and he set the false expectation that the vice president had the authority and might to use his ceremonial role at the certification proceeding to reverse the no, election outcome. No, he had the authority to and might use his ceremonial role. He might. Mm-hmm. Didn't say he would. He had right. the authority to, and he might do it. Might. Right. Um to reverse the election outcome in the defendant's favor, including issuing the following tweets at 11.06 a.m. The vice president has the power to reject fraudulently chosen electors. This was within 40 minutes of the defendant's earlier reminder, see you in D.C. <laughs> at 5.05 p.m. Washington is being inundated with people who don't want to see an election victory stolen. Our country has had enough. They won't take it anymore. We hear you and love you from the Oval Office. <laughs> at 5.43 p.m., I will be speaking at the Save America rally tomorrow on the Ellipse at 11 a.m. Eastern. Arrive early. Doors open at 7 a.m. Eastern. Big crowds. Um, also on January 5th, the defendant met alone with the vice president <clears throat> when the vice president refused to agree to the defendant's request that he ob obstruct the certification. The defendant grew frustrated and told the vice president that the defendant would have to publicly criticize him, <laughs> criticize him upon I'm going to learning... have to criticize you. <clears throat> <clears throat> I'm going to shit on you so hard, Mike. Uh, upon learning of this, the vice president's chief of staff was concerned for the vice president's safety and alerted the head of vice president's secret service detail. Okay. Um, okay, so you... Yeah. Right. Yeah, that, nothing there. Um, as the crowds began to gather in Washington and were audible from the Oval Office, the defendant <laughs> remarked to advisors that the crowd... Uh, the following day on January 6th was going to be, quote, angry. 
the that night the defendant approved and caused the defendant's campaign to issue a public statement that the defendant knew from his meeting with the vice president only hours earlier was false the vice president and i are in total agreement that the vice president has the power to act <laughs> on january 6th starting in the early morning hours the defendant again turned a knowingly false statement aimed statements at aimed at pressuring the vice president to fault fraudulently alter the election outcome and raise publicly the false expectation that the vice president might do so um at 1 a.m the defendant issued a tweet that falsely claimed if vice president mike pence comes through for us we will win the presidency Many states want to decertify the mistake they made in certifying incorrect and even fraudulent numbers in the process not approved by the state legislatures, which it must be. Mike can send it back. At 8.17 a.m., the defendant issued a tweet that falsely stated, States want to correct their votes, which they now know were based on irregularities and fraud, plus corrupt processes never received plus corrupt process never received legislative approval. All Mike Pence has to do is send them back to the states and we win. Do it, Mike. This time is a, this is the time for extreme courage. Um, <laughs> on the morning of January 6th, an agent, <coughs> an agent of the defendant. <coughs> Take over for me. Contacted the United States Senator to ask him to hand deliver documents to the Vice President. The agent then facilitated the receipt by the Senator's staff of the fraudulent certificates signed by the defendant's fraudulent electors in Michigan and Wisconsin, which were believed not to have been delivered to the Vice President or archivist by mail. When one of the Senator's staffers contacted a staffer for the Vice President by text message to arrange for delivery, of what the senator staffer had been told were alternate slates of electors for Michigan and Wisconsin because archivists didn't receive them. The vice president staffer rejected them. Oh, At 11.15 a.m., hmm. the defendant called the vice president and again pressured him to fraudulently reject or return Biden's legitimate electoral votes. The vice president again refused. Immediately after the call, the defendant decided to single out the vice president in public remarks he would make within the hour, reinserting language that he had personally drafted earlier that morning, falsely claiming that the vice president had authority to send electoral votes to the states, but that advisors had previously successfully advocated be removed. Earlier that morning, the defendant had selected co-conspirator two to join co-conspirator one in giving public remarks before his own. When they did so, based on knowingly false election fraud claims, Co-conspirator 1 and co-conspirator 2 intensified pressure on the vice president to fraudulently obstruct the certification proceeding. Co-conspirator 1 told the crowd that the vice president could, quote, cast the ECA aside, unquote, and unilaterally, quote, decide on the validity of these crooked ballots, end quote. He also lied when he claimed to, quote, have letters from five legislators, legislatures begging us, end quote, to send elector slates to the legislators for review and called for quote trial by combat and quote <laughs> that had been the worst combat ever oh jeez co-conspirator uh, you got it go ahead co-conspirator two told the crowd quote all we are demanding of vice president pence is this afternoon at one o'clock he let the legislature legislatures 
of the state look into this so we get to the bottom of it and the American people know whether we have control of the direction of our government or not. We no longer live in a self-governing republic if we can't get the answer to this question, end quote. Next, beginning at 8 or 11.56 a.m., the defendant made knowingly false statements integral to his criminal plans to defeat the federal government function, obstruct the certification, and interfere with others' right to vote and have their votes counted. The defendant repeated false claims of election fraud, gave false hope that the vice president might change the election outcome, and directed the crowd in front of him to go to the Capitol as a means to obstruct the certification and pressure the vice president to fraudulently obstruct the certification. The defendant's knowingly false statements for these purposes included A, the defendant falsely claimed that based on fraud, the vice president could alter the uh, outcome of the election results, stating, I hope Mike is going to do the right thing. I hope so. I hope so. Because if Mike Pence does the right thing, we win the election. All he has to do. All this is, this is from number one, the number one. We're certainly one of the top constitutional lawyers in the country. He has the absolute right to do it. We're supposed to protect our country, support our country, support the Constitution, and protect our Constitution. States want to revote. States got defrauded. They were given false information. They voted on it. Now they want to recertify. They want it back. All Vice President Pence has to do is send it back to the states to recertify, and we become we become president, and you are the happiest people. Happiest um, ever. Yeah. After the defendant <laughs> falsely stated that the Pennsylvania legislature wanted to, quote, recertify their votes, recertify their votes, they want to recertify, but the only way that, uh, that can happen is if Mike Pence agrees to send it back. The crowd began to chant, send it back. Mm. Um, C, the defendant also said that the regular rules no longer applied, stating, and fraud breaks up everything, doesn't it? When you catch somebody in a fraud, you're allowed to go by very different rules. Oh, geez. No, no, no. Finally, after Uh -uh. exhorting that, we fight. We fight like hell. And if you don't fight like hell, you're not going to have a country anymore. The defendant directed the people in front of him to head to the Capitol, suggested he was going with him, and told them to give members of Congress the kind of pride and boldness they boldness they need to take back our country. During and after the defendant's remarks, thousands of people marched towards the Capitol. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> defendant's exploitation of the violence at, and chaos at the Capitol. Shortly before 1 p.m., the vice president issued a public statement explaining that his role as president of the Senate at the certification proceeding was uh, that was about to begin did not include, quote, unilateral authority to determine which electoral votes should should be counted and which should not, end quote. Which... I think he's right. Th- I think uh, exactly right. Um, yeah, like, the, the whole design of the American form of government is to make sure that nobody has unilateral power over anybody. Right. Exactly. And, um, while I don't like there's the vice president is largely ceremonial as a ceremonial as a role in general. Right. 
he still has duties and and like while the weather's saying claiming he's just you know strictly ceremonial for this right. this counting it, that's not true he still has to preside over the meeting right well and he's vice president or he's yeah, president of the senate president of the senate so he has to preside over that hearing right and um yeah so if objections are are called then they have to sort them out which they did you know, granted, right. it was they several did. hours after they were supposed to, but they did anyways right. on the day that it was supposed to happen. Right. They did. Um, they yeah. Um, before the defendant had finished speaking, a uh, crowd began to gather at the Capitol. Thereafter, a mass of people, including individuals who had traveled to Washington and uh, to the Capitol at the defendant's direction, broke through bar- barriers co- cordoning off the Capitol grounds. And advanced on the building, including violently attacking law enforcement officers, try, officers trying to secure it. That's uh, not proof. right. Um, yeah, it, it's in that Ray Epstein is so amazing. There's like, this is the worst day in the history of America, January sixth, and like they sent, they sent a little old lady, sixty nine, seventy years old. With breast cancer, they sent her to prison, federal prison, for several months. But yeah, uh, no, oh yeah. But Ray Epps, a guy who's screaming, "We got to go into the Capitol," mm-hmm. on video, and like nothing happens to him. Well, I mean, he's he's caught some shit since then, but like, no, nothing legal. Because he's a They're, fed. Well, something. Mm-hmm. Not whether he's uh. Whether he's an informant or an or an agent, I don't know, but he's he's What'd you say his the, name is? Ray Epps. Jeff Ray Epstein. <laughs> oh shit. Mm-hmm. This, this took a whole different turn. <laughs> <laughs> the defendant who returned to the White House after concluding his remarks watched the events at the Capitol unfold on the television in the dining room next to the Oval <laughs> Office. At two thirty or at two thirteen p.m., more than an hour after, uh, more than after more than an hour of steady violent advancement, the crowd at the Capitol broke into the building. It took them an hour. They were violent. And it took yeah. Hour. Upon receiving news that individuals had breached the Capitol, the defendant's advisors told him that there was a riot there, and that rioters had breached had breached the building. When advisors urged the defendant to issue a calming message aimed at the rioters, the defendant refused, instead repeatedly remarking that the people at the Capitol because that the people at the They're Capitol right, were right. angry because the election had been stolen. Um, at 2.24 p.m., after advisors had left the defendant alone in his dining room, the defendant issued a tweet further intended to further delay and obstruct the certification Mike Pence didn't have the courage to do what should have been done to protect our country and our constitution, giving states a chance to certify a corrected set of facts, not the fraudulent or inaccurate ones they were asked to previously certify. USA demands the truth. One minute later, at 2.25 p.m., the United States Secret Service was forced to evacuate Vice President, the vice president to a secure location. Pence still wants nothing to do with Trump. <laughs> no, but and he still thinks he has a a chance of being president for some reason. Um, at the Capitol throughout the afternoon, members of the crowd chanted, "Hang Mike Pence! Where's Pence? Bring him out!" And traitor Pence. 
Um, the defendant repeatedly refused to approve a message directing rioters to leave the Capitol, as urged by his most senior advisors, including the White House counsel, Deputy White House counsel, the chief of staff, deputy White, a deputy chief of staff, and a senior advisor. Instead, the defendant issued two tweets that, that did not ask the rioters to leave the Capitol, but instead falsely suggested that the crowd at the Capitol was being peaceful included, uh, including at 2.38 p.m. Please support our Capitol Police and law enforcement. They are truly on the side of our country. Stay peaceful. At 3.13 p.m., I'm asking for everyone at the U.S. Capitol to remain peaceful. No violence. Remember, we are the party of law and order. <coughs> Respect the law and our great men and women in blue. Thank you. <coughs> at 3 p.m., the defendant had a phone call with the minority leader of the United States House of Representatives. The defendant told the minority leader that the crowd at the Capitol was more upset about the election than the minority leader was. <clears throat> at 4.17 p.m., the defendant released a video message on Twitter that, that he had just taped in the White House Road Garden. Rose Garden. Rose Garden. In it, the defendant repeated uh, the knowingly false claim that we had an election that was stolen from us and finally asked the individuals to leave the Capitol while telling him that they were very special, and we love you. After, <laughs> after the 4.17 p.m. tweet, the defendant joined others in the outer Oval Office to watch the attack of the on the Capitol <laughs> on television. <clears throat> and the defendant said, See, this is what happens when they try to steal an election. These people are angry. These people are really angry about it. This is what happens. Oh, well. Um, and at 6.01 p.m., the defendant tweeted, these are the things and events that happen when a sacred landslide election victory <laughs> is so unceremoniously and viciously stripped away from great patriots who have been badly and unfairly treated for so long. Go home with love and in peace. Remember this day forever. Oh um, on the evening of January 6th, the defendant and co-conspirator won. Attempted to exploit the violence and chaos at the Capitol by calling <laughs> lawmakers to convince them, based on knowingly false claims of election fraud, to delay the certification, including a the defendant through the White House through White House aides attempted to reach two United States senators at 6 p.m. from 6:59 p.m. until 7:18 p.m. Co-conspirator one placed calls to five United States senators and one United States representative. Well, this uh, is this is how they delayed the certification by calling and checking on them. Yeah, I guess. <clears throat> Those guys didn't have to answer. Yeah. Uh co-conspirator 6 attempted to confirm phone numbers for six United States senators who the defendant had directed co-conspirator 1 to call and attempted to enlist in further delaying the certification. So you can't confirm phone numbers now? <laughs> um, in one of the calls, co-conspirator one left a voicemail intended for a United States senator that said, we need you or we need you, our Republican friends, to try to just slow it down so we can get these legislatures to get more information to you. And I know they're reconvening at eight tonight, but the only strategy we can follow is to object to numerous states and raise issues so that we can get ourselves in tomorrow, ideally until the end of tomorrow. 
<laughs> another message intended for another United States senator, co-conspirator. I'm Ron expecting repeat. this to say intended for this person, but sent to the wrong person. <laughs> but they don't. Yeah. <laughs> um, co-conspirator one repeated knowingly false allegations of election fraud, including that the vote counts certified by the states to Congress were incorrect and that the governors who had certified knew they were incorrect, that illegal immigrants had voted in substantial numbers in Arizona. 5,000 people who were underage voted. In Georgia. You cut out. In Georgia. Um, Co-conspirator one also claimed that the vice president's actions had been surprising and asked the senator to object to every state and kind of spread this out a little bit like a filibuster. Which, I mean, is that illegal? No. I I mean, is it? No. I, I wouldn't think so. No, because that that's the process. That's the procedure. The senators and the the members of the House are well within their rights to object on on right. whatever reason. Like for whatever right. reason, they can object. Um, right. At seven oh one p.m., while co-conspirator one was calling United States senators on behalf of the defendant, the White House counsel called the defendant to ask him to withdraw any objections and allow the certification. The defendant refused. The attack on the Capitol obstructed and delayed the certification for approximately six hours until the Senate and House of Representatives came back into session separately at 8.06 p.m. and 9.02 p.m. respectively and came together in a joint session at 11.35 p.m. At 11.44 p.m., co-conspirator two emailed the vice president's counsel advocating that the vice president violate the law and seek further delay of the certification. Uh, Co-conspirator 2 wrote, I implore you to consider one more relatively minor violation of the ECA and adjourn for 10 days to allow the legislatures to finish their investigation as well as to follow a full forensic audit of the massive amount of illegal activity that has occurred here. And they tried, didn't they? They Yeah, they did. Um, at 3:41 a.m. on January 7th, as president of the Senate, vice president, the vice president announced uh, the certified results of the 2020 election in favor of Biden. The defendant and his co-conspirators committed one or more of the acts in effect to the object of the conspiracy alleged in paragraphs blah 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 blah. Blah, 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 blah. Count two. The allegations contain paragraphs one through uh, four and eight through one twenty three of this indictment are realleged and fully incorporated here by reference uh, from on or about November fourteenth, twenty twenty, through on or about January seventh, twenty twenty one, in the District of Columbia, uh, Columbia and elsewhere. The defendant Donald J. Trump did knowingly conspire, uh, or did not did knowingly combine conspire confederate and agree with co-conspirators known and unknown to the grand jury to corruptly obstruct and impede official an official proceeding that is certification of the electoral vote in violation of title 18 u.s code section uh, 1512 c2 in violation of title 18 united states code section 1512 k gosh um count three Allegations contained in paragraphs 1 through 4 and 8 through 123 of this indictment are realleged and fully incorporated here by reference 
<laughs> on or about November 14th, 2020, through on or about January 7th, 2021, in the District of Columbia, and elsewhere, the defendant, Donald J. Trump, attempted to and did corruptly obstruct and impede an official proceeding. That is the uh, certification of the electoral vote in, uh, in violation of Title 18, United States Code, Sections 1512C2 and 2, uh, Count 4, Conspiracy right. Against Rights. Okay. The allegations contained in paragraphs 1 through 4 and 8 through 123 of this indictment. It's all the same. Um, yeah, uh, the defendant, Donald J. Trump, did knowingly combine, conspire, confederate, and agree with co-conspirators known and unknown to the grand jury to injure, oppress, threaten, and intimidate one or more persons in the free exercise and enjoyment of a right and privilege secured to them by the Constitution and laws of the United States, that is, to the, the right to vote and to have one's vote counted. Um, all right, so the only reference to uh, like an actual voter, and we don't even know if she was a voter, but the only would have been the the Georgia election uh, worker lady, yeah, yeah, and I'm assuming she voted since she was volunteering right. as an election worker. I would too, but we I don't know. Too. We don't no. know, and that's the only the only reference they made to the actual voting public. Like uh, not being able to vote, but that doesn't even make. Yeah. So, um, signed Jack Smith, special counsel, United States Department of Justice. We did it, baby. We we read a forty-five <gasps> page indictment tonight. Only took you three hours and thirty-two minutes. I know it. It's wild, <laughs> uh, but we got her done. Um, <laughs> and I I still. I still stick with uh, ten soldiers and Nixon mm -hmm. coming. They don't. It doesn't seem like they have much. No, I mean, I I don't know oh. what they have on Trump for sure. Um, right. Other than saying a bunch of shit, but that's that's his uh, right. Well, yeah. Right. Um, the rest of it, mm, yeah, it seems like co-conspirator five, uh, co-conspirator yeah, co six, four. Yeah, this seems they like seem they were like some. Disturbers. They were some shysters for sure. Yeah, and yeah. I don't know. It seems like I mean they don't call him the Teflon, Teflon Don for no reason. I mean that <laughs> that guy is slithered out of so much shit that I I don't see this one bringing him down. Yeah. It's, um, uh, um, but it it is also in D.C. So is he going to get a a fair uh, jury panel? Probably not. No. Um, but I think appealed to the Supreme Court. I, I don't see how should they convict him. I don't see how it holds up. But I'm also not a lawyer, so I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what they've got either. Yeah, I mean. And the hell of it is, it's a it's a federal court, so it'll all uh, you'll have the, the the artist rendering of the of the proceedings, but you won't have cameras, and you'll have maybe you'll have transcripts, probably heavily maybe. redacted. We're gonna have to but, read those too. Yeah, but since it's not in a state court, it's uh, you're not gonna have any any video clips of it. 
unless by some for some weird reason they decide to allow it but when are they gonna finally take this to court i don't know i guess um the classified documents deal is supposed to be in may of 24 um so if they follow kind of the same timelines this would be like right right uh right at or around when the elections is happening so so dumb yeah um i think this is gonna be the streisand effect you know like it's not gonna it's not gonna dissuade any of the trump people no at all no they're just gonna vote for him harder right and yeah i I don't know yeah exactly it's um this all comes as uh you know there's been a bunch of bunch of shit that come out of uh, um about Biden and his corruption so i mean it's it's real convenient when they drop these charges you know right yeah of course yeah so i'm uh, after reading the whole thing it just sounds like a desperate i don't understand where all the conspiracy and and espionage or whatever Mm-hmm. Yeah, like they, uh, everything he tried, he thought he was on legal footing to do. Mm-hmm. And, um, at, at the, at best, I can say he's probably guilty of being a dummy and also <laughs> of his legal counsel being fucking awful. Well, I think that, maybe his that's, legal counsel's. Not that great, but I just think he he thinks he's infallible. So I think that he just is like, oh, do whatever. And yeah. that he, there aren't going to be consequences for him because he's the Well, it's, I mean, isn't that the the story of every dude in power? Like they uh, well, they'll yeah, float something it, until uh, and they'll get shot down and shot down until they, you know, somebody somebody goes along with what they want. I mean, that's. Well, the the whole George Bush presidency was based off the theory of like the unitary executive, you know, so that like in a time of war that the that the president could essentially do whatever the hell he wanted to. And that was. I mean, he never got they never kind of turned down that that notion that even though. Well, like, in in. In legal had to give George Bush all of the control look what happened he was only a president for nine months yeah 9-11 happened and sheesh yeah but i think everyone was really disappointed when he didn't just go blow up the whole middle east no yeah well i mean he he just didn't do it immediately it it eventually blew up on itself but yeah everybody wanted immediate i know it didn't happen. Yeah, we we could have nuked the entire Middle East, and the American mm-hmm. public wouldn't have batted an eye. Turned it to glass. That's what they wanted. Yeah, they, I I remember hear, hearing that exact yep. phrase said yep. many times. But anyway, uh, what do you think? You think they get they're going to convict him, or I don't think so. I think they're going to try to distract everyone. I think they're going to. 
they'll find a reason to be like, this is uncalled for. This has no precedence. This has no, you got no footing on this. And then they'll, but uh, again, I didn't think he'd even um, make it very far in the debates in 2015. So, I mean, remember I thought this is a joke. Yeah. What's this guy doing here? You can't be serious. And then, then he was there, and then he was the nominee, and then he was president. And so, I also thought there was no way they were going to mandate max, masks. You know, you got to wear a mask. No way. You can't tell people that. We can't tell people that they, if they don't get this vaccine, that they're going to lose their job. And all of this shit has happened. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, I. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Well, anyway. Mm-hmm. Good enough type to. End it all, I think, or in this this show, no, not end it all. No, just this session. Yeah, calm down. Yeah, we just just this show. But it, like, uh, I'm I'm proud of us. We did. We read that whole <laughs> damn thing, which is more than will be said for most of the pundits that are talking about this in the morning. Well, now we'll know. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we can um, call ourselves experts. Um, there seems to be a case against some of the the co-conspirators. Yeah, how come these co-conspirators I, I just, don't have any charges against them? Yeah. Well, because uh, I think they uh, they co- uh, cooperated with the yeah the special so counsel. They, that's or why they're yeah they're they got immunity. Right. Yeah. Bullshit. Anyway, well, that was fun. I'm glad you joined Boy. me. <laughs> Thanks for inviting me. Appreciate <laughs> it. Uh-huh. Um, go check out the store. Go check out Patreon. Patreon.com/slash Burning Daylight. Uh, Burning Dash Daylight. Uh, for the website, click on the supply house. We got some, we got some shirts, we got some stickers, we got some koozies. I uh, got a hat up there, and um, we'll uh-huh. have some new designs up there um, all the time. We're we're gonna <clears throat> we're gonna spin that thing up pretty pretty big, I think. I hope so hopefully cool. anyway. So uh, go good. check it out. We got some cool stuff. Move your ass. So we're burning daylight. <laughs>
Union soldiers and Nixon's coming We're finally on our own This summer I hear the drumming For dead in Ohio